So your grandfather started the Midnight Society. 1937, he and four friends cleared these woods, made the fire ring, and built the storyteller's chair. And there's been a Midnight Society coming out here ever since. Wow, that's a lot of stories. Say cheese, gut buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And this is episode 147. We're talking season seven of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If for some reason you haven't, uh, are not aware of what we've been doing <laughs> these last few episodes, uh, we looked at all of season six a couple weeks ago. All 13 episodes, and then we selected uh, an episode that really kind of tickled our fancy in Jake the Snake. (laughs) And uh, so we'll take a look at all 13 episodes today. Uh, We'll also be doing a call that with our pal and uh, artist, Brett Wilson, and get his thoughts. And then Andrew, at some point here, will reveal your selection for what we're going to review from the season from next week. Uh, Before we get going, do you have any kind of just like... uh, I don't know. How do you want to start this thing? Just feelings on the season yeah. now that we've looked. Not honestly, now that you, we've definitively experienced the entire yeah. series. Uh, what's your feeling on season seven? It was really something different. Yeah. Um, just it just had <laughs> its own unique feel to it. I guess. Um, I would. I don't want to call it uh, joyless. <laughs> But there's That's a not li- terrible. But there's a terrible little bit of like a slog feel to it. Yeah. Um, oh, where yeah. I don't know, and like a, so, season six, for example, even the worst episodes in season six. So, let's take gruesome gourmets. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, an episode you didn't enjoy, an episode I did enjoy, but either way, I think you could acknowledge that whoever's making it is trying to do something fun, and a lot of these episodes. Yeah. Um, n- even the best ones didn't feel very uh, fun. Yeah, they seemed like they were taking themselves really seriously. Or, like, yeah. trying to come up with some very serious stories. Yeah. Uh, and I just... <laughs> it's not fun when that doesn't work well. Correct. Like, if that works yeah. really well, it can be okay. Like, that was a good episode. Maybe I don't want to watch it all the time. But... Yeah. Uh, Man, when that doesn't work, it's like, that's just unbearable. (laughs) Unbearable, yeah. There were a couple episodes in here that were unbearable. I mean, just like season six, even though we ended up kind of disagreeing a little bit, um, to me, the the best three, I guess, episodes are not in dispute, and the worst two or three are also not in dispute. So I don't know... Um, oh, I think you're going to be oh, upset boy. with oh, one of my decisions, at least. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, other, yeah, what I, I did, uh, you know, I took some notes here, and one thing I noticed about this season is that um, the kids in the episode seem like they're our age now. <laughs> like, <laughs> these, it, seem, yeah. it seem almost geared to uh high like juniors and seniors in high school yeah. and i'm probably that's deliberate 
but the kids in the episodes were a little older. They're driving. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting. The tone was a little bit more 15 than... Uh, I wrote down what it used to be, I guess. <laughs> I wrote down 15 more than once here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wrote that the season really shies away from monsters and ghosts and into very heavy premise. Yeah. Um, the endings. The, the endings in the season are also problematic. Yeah. I think they suffer a lot, too, from... Um... Like, having an idea and not having any way to make that play out, like, well yeah. over an entire episode. Yeah. It's like, that that idea is kind of cool, but it's just, <laughs> like, goes nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be maybe a fun exercise uh, to rank the seasons, um, though I feel like there's just no discussion about this being the worst. <laughs> yeah i okay. think that's <laughs> fair i did i meant to average out my um ratings from this episode and last one and oh. last season just to see what the oh six has six is better i think it has to have had a higher average rating but um e- even season six into episodes eight nine ish i could see myself potentially rewatching. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably not, but I I wouldn't mind rewatching. And in this season, honestly, by five, by episode, even in episode five, in my top five is where I'd start wondering whether I'd want to start revisiting. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, Beyond five, it's like no uh, it's a, wa- it's a wasteland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wasteland. <laughs> um. Well, we'll do it the same way here. So we're gonna go in what we believe is uh, the airing order. Although there's you know a lot of debate to that. But uh, we'll go in the airing order. Andrew will uh, describe the uh, plot here. I'll talk a little bit about the Midnight Society, Midnight Society segments, which I, get, uh, I think are really lazy in the season. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we'll kind of talk about where we rank them and what we liked, what we don't like, what we really don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, like last time, these are the IMDb descriptions. Just to give us a taste of it. Beautiful. Uh, so this is Silver Sight Part 1. <laughs> Gary... The president of the Midnight Society from the original episodes is back and needs the help of his brother, Tucker, and his friends to help track down the members of the first Midnight Society from way back in 1937 and help solve an ancient mystery and prevent an evil force from being unleashed on the world. This episode focuses on Tucker and Gary's search for the general and his clue to the puzzle. Oh, that's the same description. So when I was doing these, I copy and pasted from Wikipedia. Yeah. So that's the same one from Wikipedia, ah. too. That's a long one, though. Yeah, it um, really is. Silver Sight. So yeah. <laughs> this has come up a lot over the years of doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to talk about just one, but we can kind of take an episode at a time. Um, oh, yeah, we got to. Yeah. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh, so this first one, it's like Gary's back. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, how about letting an old-timer sit in tonight? It's cool. I'm Tucker's brother. I used to run these meetings. Well, it looks like you've changed things a little bit. Uh, his grandfather has just died, and he leaves him a, a note, and uh, or like a piece of a record mm. pertaining to the original Midnight Society. 
and yeah. Gary is kind of tasked with putting together the current Midnight Society to go look for the other pieces of the record with the each original member. Yeah. Yeah, they're putting together a puzzle uh, with this record. Yeah. And it's... Uh, I, I hate Silversight. Um, <laughs> I hate all three of these. I'm not gonna... You know, there's no reason to hem and haw. Uh, I won't say where I placed it yet, but... Um, I think, so the way I thought about this is if it, this was a normal Are You Afraid of the Dark without the Midnight Society, yeah. this story's a stinker. And three uh, episodes of collecting parts of a vinyl? Yeah, that's problematic. Um, but I like the premise. <laughs> I mean, it's a way to get Gary back. Uh, I like the Midnight Society kind of... Uh, the new generation mixing with the old. Yeah, there is something a little bit intriguing. A little bit intriguing about getting some Midnight yeah. Society backstory. Also, I like the record idea. Hmm. The having, I mean, uh, as an item. These, Even putting together these pieces of this record. The the payoff, it, it's not there. Um, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but like what the record actually tells them yeah. is just so uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, okay. I think it's a little better than that. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not a may. I mean, whatever. It's an interesting. Uh, okay. Well, let's puzzle get, let's, type thing. Let's talk for a moment about. Um, does the spirit have a name? The Oliver Twist Kid. I don't think so. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the antagonist. Yeah. Uh, what do you... we, we don't really know in the first... Well, I guess we kind yeah, of you get, do you get in the first of him. Um, what did you... Do you like this kid as a villain? Um, yeah, I think he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's uh, reminiscent, I think, of the original series Ghosts on some of them on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I think that that's probably where his look came from. The look's not so bad, though the wig is pretty bad. Um... <laughs> He's a little smug for my taste. Yeah. He's just always grinning and Well, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he's but he's a stinky bad guy. <laughs> uh I mean, we get the idea that he's like causing trouble, but mm. we don't know exactly how. Yeah. So I like that. <laughs> What's some other stuff that happens in this episode? Um, uh Tucker goes to well, Jer Gary and Tucker go to the general's house, right. and the general kind of kicks them out, and yeah. uh, somebody, meanwhile, breaks into their grandmother's house, and All right. we're pretty much led to believe that it must have been the general. Yeah. And there's that hall of um, knights and statues yeah. Yeah. that Tucker goes to battle with. Yeah, to get the piece of the record. <laughs> That's at the general's house? Yeah. Really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. Now that I'm thinking about it, it has no reasoning. Well, yeah. What? <laughs> um, I was okay with it. I you, I think you're when you said the season takes itself a little serious. I mean, this whole silver sight thing feels a little serious for you. For the oh, dark. I feel like this is a less serious part of the season. Mm, okay. I mean, it just doesn't feel at like it's. I don't know. It's got some lighthearted uh, It does. Stuff. Uh, I think, yes, some of the parts do. Um, okay. Well, did you like it? I 
did like this episode. You almost said uh, love, didn't you? No, no. no. Okay. I was going to say I liked it a lot better than like three quarters of this season, I guess. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's the greatest episode ever, but I did think that it was a pretty good way to um, take the Midnight Society into the real world. I thought that was done pretty... Um, well like yeah. the way it was seamless the way yeah the yeah. way it transitioned from the i don't know from the campfire into the regular world yeah it wasn't bad yeah yeah um i just uh i don't know i thought it was a fun idea okay. you know okay something to do they got to get out there in the world <laughs> uh well this episode has an 8.7 on both imdb and mm. tv.com um, pretty high. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what did you, where did you rank it out of thirteen? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I ranked this number four. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> I just I thought that this was it was pretty successful in what it was trying to do. Okay. Um, you know, and I'm thinking about it compared to the new um, miniseries. Yeah. And I just think that in a lot of ways it feels a little better to me. Like the tone of it, maybe. It's more um, cohesive. Um, and, I, and of course, it doesn't hurt having the characters that I know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I mean, to me, the biggest hook is getting to meet people who used to be in the Midnight Society, getting that background. Yeah. Um, it would have been cool if they could get more... Uh, original run Midnight Society members, you know, get a uh, yes. Frank in there. Yes, that would have been nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it wasn't my worst of the season. Huh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's got to be quite a few <laughs> under this one. <laughs> Only a few. Uh, I ranked this 10 out of 13. <laughs> okay. I just, I mean, I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm really on, I think I'm on what record. Uh I'm not a fan of breaking away from the anthology. Uh, I I like the yeah. different tales. Two part like Cutter's Treasure. I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't like the two parter. Don't definitely don't like a three parter. Um, it's okay. just not it. N- no, nothing against anybody yeah, yeah. who likes it. I I just this is not my speed. I hear you. Um and. I don't disagree for the most part that I like the anthology stuff better, but I don't know. In this case, I liked seeing the Midnight Society and the Story World mix. Just okay. yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to part okay. part two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In part two, the Midnight Society splits up and goes in search of the original members who each hold a clue to the mystery. This episode focuses on Quinn's search for the homecoming queen and Megan's search for the tycoon. Um, here's where I think it starts to dip. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a spike. Are you serious? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> um, this is like... I... Okay, um, maybe to just recap a little bit, uh, Quinn goes to this junkyard to find one of the pieces of the... Homecoming Queen. Yeah. Um, and it's like her ex-boyfriend that's 
still upset about her and kind of grappling with that. And meanwhile, Megan is going into like the sewer, basically. So she's in the sewer. Uh, <laughs> to find this family that was once really rich and yeah. was forced into the sewers after Love they it. lost all their money. Love it. This is this is probably my favorite angle of the entire three part. I liked that. Like the idea of it and yes. the look of it. Yes. Yeah. Very strange. It's it's this family living in a sewer, but it it's um the set decoration is as if, as if you're in a mansion yeah. almost like it's like living... pieces of their house are down there with yeah. them yeah uh. why are you down here well you can't make a fortune without also making some enemies along the way we took everything they could our clothes most of our cars the mansion that used to stand right above us why, if we didn't hide down here they would have taken everything Oh, yes. The Gregory Empire will rise from the ashes and we'll be back on top again. <laughs> How? I don't know. I'm working on it. It's, uh, to go back to it, I mentioned, you know, on the last episode, uh, a little eerie Indiana-esque yeah. of just this kind of strange out-of-place thing. I do. I don't think they do much with it. Yes, is the problem. But that's the issue. Uh, <laughs> uh, that I think is the only real strength of this portion. Hmm. The rest of it's just like, but just feels dragged out. Like the junkyard's not bad. Car coming at the shack. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that even happen? Don't it's know. just like I think. Oh, because the spirit's trying to stop Quinn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, fine. That was a big moment, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. They spent some money on that. <laughs> um, it just felt like they had these, like, two small ideas for this. Like, two... All that had to happen was they get the pieces of the record in mm-hmm. this episode. And it took the entire episode to get there <laughs> just to convince the person to give it to them, basically. Yeah. Um, I just... I don't know. I just felt like not that much happened in this episode. Uh, I liked that underground world, but yeah. besides that, everything seemed unnecessary almost. It felt a little, I guess the probably the reason I liked it a little bit more is that it felt a little less messy to me. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you mean less interesting. Um, y- y- no, I don't know if it's less interesting. I'd, I'd rather watch the junkyard and sewer than... I don't know. But the conversations are uninteresting. It's like the information you're getting is pretty much uninteresting. Yeah. It's like they have these little backstories, I guess, but they're <laughs> not I mean, great. I mean, don't get me wrong. One of my notes here is just can't wait for this story to be done. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not as though I think it's a great episode, yeah. but... Uh, Another thing that was really obviously bad in this episode, like it's present in all of them, but it's obvious in this one, is um, the like weird chapter markers. Oh, those are weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why have those? Yeah. They should have just made this one movie. Yeah. Like, start the season with an hour and a half yes. thing. Or an hour. Yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't mention this is DJ McHale. He's back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was missing... Uh, absent from season six, and he is, I think, writing and directing on these. Um, I mean, he's definitely writing. Definitely writing. Yeah, I, maybe he's not. I directing. don't think he directed. Okay. Them. Um, 
you know, I I can appreciate the fact that like this is kind of probably his last hurrah with it. Yeah, he's he's going for something yeah. to round out the midnight midnight society story. And, you know, something occurred to me that should this have been the last three episodes of the season? Yeah, definitely. Okay, this feels like a great capper, I think, to the series for sure. I mean, Night Nurse is not a bad episode, but it's uh, to end the series. To end off, the series like, is weird, unless break. they didn't know the series was ending, yeah. which is possible. Yeah. Um, all right, so Silver Sight Part 2 has an 8.7 on IMDb and 8.5 on TV.com. Uh, so about the same as Part 1, but yeah. where did you rank it out of 13? I ranked it number 10. Okay. Um, I ch- wow, big big fall. Yeah, it was. it just felt unnecessary completely. Mm. Like, if they could have cut this segment out, it would have been better you, paced and just felt like, You think they could have almost gone from, like, Part 1 to 3? Yeah, I think it should have. I think, ideally, it would have been, like an hour mm. epi- like a full hour mo- like short movie on tv yeah. okay um yeah and just beat those two episodes okay um <laughs> i ranked it nine mm. um so Man. i liked it just a tad better than part one can't believe that uh <laughs> but it's still a bad episode of are you afraid of the dark and um i just wouldn't urge anybody to go back and watch silver sight i think it's um Unless you're obsessed with the Midnight Society, mm. it doesn't feel crucial. I mean, if you're going to watch season seven, I would say this would be part of the canonical watching of season seven. Okay. <laughs> does that like, mean, if I'm going to go back and three Like, if five? I get an itch to go watch it sometime in the future, oh I'm going to go through Silver Side, no, I think. There's, there's four to five episodes from this season I would consider. Going back to the, none of these three. Okay. Even, not even close. Well, uh, <laughs> let's hear what they are, I guess. Uh, what do you? Well, let's move to part yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, part three. Yeah. Tell us about the silver sight thing again. Well, it's a charm. Probably a small thing, but it has some kind of power that can really hurt people. Oh man, I'm not liking this. Um, the Midnight Society continues to go in search of the original members who each hold a clue to the mystery. The final episode focuses on Vange and Andy's search for the Riddle Man. Boring. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Go. Compared to last episode, uh, there's more happening in this episode, but it's all dumber. Uh, I disagree. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so the first segment is Andy and Vange, which is the low part of the episode, but a fine segment of finding one of the pieces, like maybe the best. <laughs> Refresh my memory. What? Tucker in the um, armor hall. Mm-hmm. Um, Quinn at the junkyard, and Megan in the sewer. Megan would be the best if no, no, no. Anything I mean, happened. refresh my memory with Vange and Andy. Who, I don't even remember the oh, name. Oh, um, what they did? Yeah. Oh, uh, they went to the carnival, and like found a guy working at the carnival who led them to where, like, a puzzle to let them find the last piece. Ah, uh, yeah. And then. They went into the well, or Vange went in, was lowered into the well no. to get the last piece. Uh, why not? It's <laughs> exhausting to think about. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Um, still, I think it's like the best finding the piece segment. Okay. I know. I, I, I mean, I, I would take, maybe not I would saying take, much. I would take Megan's. I would take uh, Megan's. Okay. <laughs> Don't you think this is a little bit out of bounds? It's all right, Quinn. You don't have to help, man. You know I'll help. Because if this thing gets nasty, 
You're gonna need me. Great. But I they, they, they do put the vinyl together. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Which is a great yeah. moment, I, I think. I guess so. Uh, you don't do like you... the what he says on it. Uh, it's just like a short little riddle, um, but it's cool how the record fits together. And I thought at the beginning of this, like, how is this thing going to play? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool how it's like playing kind of, you know, it's like mm-hmm. skipping constantly. So that was a cool effect. Um, I just think it was a satisfying, like bringing together of this thing and then figuring out, um, where to go to find the silver site. Yeah, it tells them to destroy it, yeah. and um, they figure out that this is at the carnival mm-hmm. as part of the carousel. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's part of the carousel horse eye. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, I thought that, first of all, I thought this was a cool <laughs> thing. <laughs> We're just going to have to disagree, agree to disagree on this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This is dumb. It's part of a carousel horse eye. No, I just thought it was cool how it was a cool way to make it like hidden, but in plain sight at the same time. But, but yeah. yeah. And so they had to find it by figuring out which eye had a different color. Yeah. Um, And then they have this big moment where they try to, you know, is it, is it the hobo kid or is it the general? uh, But it's been... There was this moment where it's like, who do you trust? No, it's like the hobo kid trying to just convince them to blow away the general. But I think they spend some time trying to convince you that it could, the general could be up to something. Um, okay. They All they right. really deliberate there. All right. <laughs> uh, I thought the power of the silver sight was a cool thing. Grant's wishes, kind of, but like does it in a way that just messes you up. Yeah. There's something else this season like that. Uh, oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. 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 We'll get there. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Um, there was a cool slow motion shot of the Midnight Society. Yes, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is phenomenal. Yep. Um, The effects at the end are really cool with uh, the kid turning into an old man and then, or like a demon old man. Mm-hmm. Um, are You Afraid of the Dark has really perfected this by season yeah, seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, this just felt really satisfying. Like the way the story came together in the end of this felt like this was good. Like it went from, okay, this is okay. This is terrible to, whoa, this is, like, suddenly great. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be higher than four. <laughs> um, uh, it just felt like three episodes of tracking people down with some weird Oliver Twist kid smiling at us. And, um, but uh, the last episode in particular. It, it didn't. I think it was I, the most successful of the three. Um, <laughs> I did not feel satisfied. And it. <laughs> no, I, just, I thought I just, the story. I was even, shocked at how at the satisfying end, I'm just the not story sure came Why we're supposed to care about this at all? What do you mean? Just like, what is all this? Who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what, I mean, if, what if they just had never done any of this? Who cares? <laughs> well, 
I don't know. I don't know. I think it maybe the grandpa, um, you know, dying, dying wish, had yeah. something to do with this. Okay. So they're trying to solve the mystery of it. Gary. Uh, I can't believe it. I just like thought that that nothing was going to happen. Then it came together so in such a satisfying way. And it took place like the end of it took place over the second half of that last episode, mm-hmm. which I felt, was like, I felt like it was a significantly lengthy time mm. to cap things off. Okay. Just feel, I feel like this feels like a good end to the series. Where did you rank the? Oh well, this this has an eight point six on IMDb, eight point eight on TV.com. Yeah. Where did you? You're oh not, not going to like one. This, I'm about to but quit. Uh, I ranked it number one. No, <laughs> there's just yes. this is not the best episode of the season. Um, it was close. It was very close. I kept going back oh and my forth. God. But I ultimately decided that I was just more satisfied from this episode than any other episode of the season. Oh boy. Um. <laughs> Just barely remember it. <laughs> Especially after having watched like these entire se- well, entire <laughs> the entirety of season six, I was like, "All right, this felt good." Like it almost could have ended there, and I'd be like, "All right, that's fine." With Silver Sight, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of good ones in here beyond that, but um, I just felt like <laughs> this was the only thing that satisfied me really in this in the season. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have this ranked uh, number 11. <laughs> Get out of here. I, I think you got to watch this end again. I mean, it's you couldn't, just like... You couldn't pay me to watch Silver Set again. <laughs> I was so... I just mean the I last 10 minutes. so relieved when this was over. Oh I couldn't God. wait to move on to whatever episode 4 okay. was. Um, you, you know, I think, again... This is a trend that I think I'm in the minority. I think most people kind of like it. Uh, it's It boils down to the fact that I this is absolutely not why I like Are You Afraid of the Dark. And so this whole run, I think what was happening as each episode went on, like by episode three I was so frustrated by having to still watch this story that I, I probably took it out on the episode a little bit. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of something we didn't mention that's great about the third episode is in the end it pan like comes out on the midnight society in 1937 and ends there. It's a cool touch. Great. end. It's I mean, cool touch. Yeah. uh, I just, man, it was just like, I felt so terrible after part two. I was like, man, uh, that was really a disappointment. And then this, <laughs> I was like, okay, now we're talking, <laughs> bringing it back home. All right. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm, boy. Going, I'm going to assume people agree with you. Uh, um, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Number one is high. It was tough to put it there, but yeah, it's it's pretty high. But this episode or this season also doesn't have um, like Oblivion was from season yeah. six. Oblivion was just a very clearly well made, yes, fun episode. This season just didn't have the the episode where you could point and go, yeah, that's. A mass, yeah. yeah. That's that's the best of the like season. top tier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just didn't happen. Um, okay, well, I, I'm I'm excited to see what Bert thinks. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what was? Uh, I can't imagine what you. Oh no no, I I'm guessing I know what you put as number one, but I won't. Oh I won't, uh, no no no. I mean, you had to have. I'm There's not... only. T- <laughs> 
<laughs> go ahead and get, I'm not going to confirm either way, but just go ahead and guess. Okay, my guess is photo finish. Okay. Um, what is next? Um, next is Lunar Locusts. A mysterious girl shows up at school and knows about a threat that could kill off the entire planet, and only the help of a dumb jock and a snobby popular girl can save the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, most of the episode, I don't think you're even aware that it's a end-of-the-world type thing. Yeah, no. It seems like... It's like this new weird... It's like this uh, jock guy has... Jake. Yeah. yeah Jake. <laughs> Jake and his girlfriend are like... Who uh, is, uh, who's Aaron Ashmore, who... Do you know where we've seen him before? Man. Um, in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? One we've... Uh, one we reviewed. Oh, man. Uh... He's a bit older now, so he looks he looks a little different, but... Mm. He, uh, I just can't... 13th he, floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he played wow. Billy, Billy in 13th floor. Whoa. Check it out. Did you see that? It was probably shooting star. You should make a wish. That was no shooting star. That was... A, I don't know what that was. Well, if it were a shooting star, you know what I'd wish for? I'm sorry, did you say something? Forget it. Julie! Um, yeah, he's a jock. Pretty much the first eight minutes is um, girls in his school who aggressively want yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has a girlfriend. She's really into him. Yes. Um, he's kind of oblivious. And then there's this new girl who's really into him. Mm-hmm. And so his girlfriend gets uh, paranoid, so she starts following the new girl and discovers that she's really an alien. Yeah. Um, this is a uh, Olympic skater, um, yeah. Tara Lipinski, I think. Is that like that? Yeah, something. Uh, like that. Uh, and meanwhile, the alien girl admits that she's alien to yeah. the jock kid, um, and says that, and enlists him to help her save the world from an alien invasion. Right. He thinks he's helping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he somehow gets his girlfriend to help too. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they set off this weapon, seemingly, to destroy the aliens. On the school football field. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out they weren't destroying the aliens. No, they weren't. The aliens were being planted in the ground. and Yeah, they were pretty much, uh, what, like planting alien babies. Yeah, I guess so. We don't get to see them no. come out, but uh, yeah, she tricked, she tricked him. Yeah. I think this is a real morality tale about teen hormones. <laughs> This this kid is just do you know he's fallen he's he just wants this girl yeah and uh, he does stupid things because of it yeah okay yeah <laughs> is that fair yeah sure <laughs> I didn't uh, think of it that way but you're right um, this whole season's a little preachy with the lessons you think so a little huh yeah especially the worse episodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh you think this is one of the worst huh uh no okay i don't <laughs> uh well this story is told by i should say the silver site doesn't really have a storyteller yeah um, well I mean, it starts with arguably Gary. it's gene at the end <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <laughs> gene um 
This story is told by Megan. Uh, the the Midnight Society segment starts. It's rainy and the furniture is wet. Yeah. Uh, which just seems inevitable. Um, and uh, <laughs> their pants get all wet and they're annoyed. My story is about that very thing. It's about what you can't see just under the ground. Who knows what you're stepping on? Who knows if the very next step you take is onto something that doesn't want to be stepped on, that has the power to step back on you. The Midnight Society segments are real. Yeah. Really a, kind of a letdown. Yeah. It's also, I also did not like how um, they ordered these as uh, the same storyteller for two episodes in a row. Mm. Every time. It I was like ordered that. really weird. And okay. It was annoying me. Uh, <laughs> Strange. Um, this is another episode. Well, we haven't gotten to them yet, but this is the first episode where I would clearly identify as the kids playing teenagers looking a mm. little old for their parts. Yeah. Um, just, I felt a deliberate decision. Yeah, probably. It was probably to um, accommodate Tara Lipinski. Oh, true. She's going to need a little bit of an older guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also said that this didn't feel... I, I didn't hate this episode, but it didn't feel much like an Are You Afraid of the Dark. Mm. It felt a little zanier. Uh, not zany. Yeah. It felt. It just felt different. Yeah. Uh, different tone. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I did like the light tone. I mean, it mm-hmm. was humorous, or trying yeah. to be. Yeah, when she... Um, when she when, she eats the fish, right? Yeah. She eats his fish. His, yeah. Uh... <laughs> and kind of uh, the jock and his girlfriend arguing is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that, yeah, there's, there's something off about his it. His girlfriend definitely has uh, reason to believe that he's going to cheat on her. Yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> I mean, I think he yeah. would have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they kind of paint her as this naggy girlfriend, but this guy is not trustworthy. No. <laughs> um, no, I liked the girlfriend, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um, this I, ha- oh, go ahead. I was just thinking, like in my head, I would almost compare it to, um, man, what's it called? Uh, the one in the school, the hatching. Yes, except not nearly as good. No, not like, nearly. Just, but it's like almost that same uh, idea, kind of. Y- yeah, that there's this thing that you, something's off. Yeah. But you don't know what it is. Yeah. And the hatching delivers more on what is off oh, than yeah. this one where it's pretty much literally the last moment until you yeah. figure out what's happening. Yeah. Um, which is not the worst, but also not the most gratifying to just sit there and watch. Um, this episode had a 8.8 on IMDb and a 7.6 on TV.com. Where did, where did you uh, where did you rank this thing? <laughs> this actually landed for me at number five. Okay. Uh, not great, but, like, <laughs> not terrible. I mean, I think it helped that it was trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. Just felt a little lighter. I also liked the end. Um, the twist. I For some reason, I didn't think about it leading up to it, but... Hmm. I, I mean, I feel like it's guessable, but I didn't guess it. <laughs> this was uh, one of the few episodes I had seen before uh, uh, the season, and it really stuck in my head for some reason. So I kind of knew what was coming, but uh, actually didn't uh, stop me from enjoying it. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> we're back in the same wheelhouse. I ranked this number six. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a good art. It's not a good. Are you afraid of the dark? Episode, but it's certainly for this season, kind of. 
in the realm of there's another episode really close to this i think where it's just this is watchable but yeah not really good yeah like I'm, I'm not dying to go back to it but as i was watching over these episodes it was a lighter moment for me for i was sure. like all right yeah, i can sure. kind of get behind this <laughs> for sure um any other thoughts on lunar locusts i guess not what do you think of that name lunar locust uh i guess it's kind of a clue yeah, Except the locusts part. It's you, an evocative name yeah. of nothing really in this episode, but <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. I kind of hate it and I kind of like it. Yeah. I really hope nobody else can see this. This is definitely the end. Um, ready for yep. the next one? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, the next one is The Tale of the Stone Maiden. A boy is turned into a statue in the woods after he refuses to introduce his artist girlfriend to his snobby parents. His girlfriend then tries to save him with the help of two eccentric adults. Yeah, really eccentric. Uh, all the adults in this episode are something. Yeah. Um, whether weird or over the top or... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is another Megan story. Uh, the Midnight Society segment starts, uh, she, you know, she brings a rock with her, yeah. and that a rock could be turned into anything, even art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the uh, the girl and the boy here are dating. They clearly have some issues. Um, you know, when he when he storms off, things are not going great. He drinks from this... Uh, this, is a, this is a good uh, line here, when he storms off. Are we having dinner with your pants tonight or not? Oh, yeah, my dad, I forgot, my dad had to go out of town on business and my mom's having friends over, so, another time. Hey, why? Well, don't you think it's kind of weird I haven't met them yet? I mean, we've been together for three months now. No, meet them, it's just got to be the right time. Why? Well, they're not used to people like you. What do you mean, like me? <sighs> that came out wrong. Well, it's just that they're so straight, you know? They don't get the arty types. What? It's like I've got an eye in the middle of my forehead or something? Come on, don't overreact. I'm not overreacting, Kevin. This is serious. It's like you're ashamed of me or something. I'm not, but you're different. And that's bad? No, but it makes it hard, Julie. Well, then. Being with me is just so hard. Maybe we shouldn't be together at all. I didn't say that, Julie. But that's how you feel. Come on. No, Kevin, I'm tired of feeling like I'm not good enough for you. So what are you saying? I'm saying maybe we should take a time out here to figure out where we're going. I don't believe this. If that's the way you feel, fine. This isn't my choice. It's not mine either! Well, yeah, it is! He just, this is just, like, maybe the most melodramatic moment of the season. <laughs> him and her uh arguing and then him finally storming off and he like yells something like uh not your fault or something he's like it just is <laughs> he storms away um but um yeah yeah so there's a falling out he drinks from the fountain yeah this he, weird fountain in the middle of the woods yep he shouldn't have done that uh he goes missing and there's a big part of the section of of the episode where it's more of like a missing kid case yeah, and yeah. her parents are or his parents are really mad at her blame her his parents are really aggressive uh and then there's this l- lurking 
homeless man <laughs> in the woods who uh, chases her. I mean, that's that yeah. was maybe the scariest part yeah. of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he wants to help. He's the protector. That's what he calls himself. And uh, he knows what's happened. He he saw it unfold that he's turned into yeah. a statue. Yeah. And uh, he knows who to go to. What, who's the lady? Uh, she's like an office. Is she a city worker? No, she's an artist. She created oh, that's right. the that's right. stone maiden. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. She created the stone maiden. How the, how, I forget how they got led to her now, but. Uh, I said this last six minutes is one of maybe the most insane six minutes in Are You Afraid of the Dark history between the protector chasing this girl down, dragging her to this building, meeting this woman, then tricking or like getting city workers to not remove the statue. (laughs) It's really an insane ending. Um, um, yeah, they have to put the statue back, like the other half of the statue back together, they yeah. think, to yeah, they, solve the... They took the guy from the girl statue, yeah. so they need the guy back in order to free Kevin. Yeah, um, but where they got this second half of the statue, I'm not sure. Well, the the episode starts with them removing it. Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. And uh, so it hasn't left the city yet, so that's why oh, they're really trying to stop these guys and get them to bring it back. And it's a really a big affair. It's the <laughs> girl, the protector, the artist, the city workers, the parents, all in yeah, the woods yeah. as, <laughs> as this is getting ready to go down. But somehow they got the statue to be brought back. Like, yeah, they, they stopped the city this workers. Is possible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I kind of um, love it. Uh, <laughs> um. It moves at a very quick pace, which I like. What? Oh, yeah, flu. No way. <laughs> He's a stone by oh like eight minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> From the moment where he turned to stone until they get back there is like the longest <laughs> ten minutes of this season. Loved it. <laughs> um, ju- uh, well, sorry, go ahead. Um, well, finally... It does nothing to put the statue back together, and the only way to save the kid is for the girl to kiss him, Yeah, and then he turns back to a real boy. It's a beautiful tale as old as time. It's a beautiful twisting of some things that make sense. He unstones, and... You know, she's met his parents. That was a point of contention that yeah. uh, she hadn't met his, his parents. jerk parents. Uh, yeah. And uh, they live happily ever after. The pro- the pro- I really enjoyed the actor who is the protector. Really, really funny. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. This, what was this character even doing there? Unnecessary. Oh, he goes over it. So he's, he over, he watches the woods pretty much re- reuse, recycle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but I mean, like, from a story's perspective, it's like, why does this character exist? She could have just figured out where no, the... she could st- have. He only knew. Um, he saw it. Yes, but they could have, I think, changed this slightly to eliminate his character entirely. <laughs> I want him. He was just pointless. <laughs> no. She would not have found him without him. Uh, they could have made it so that she caught up to her boyfriend just in time and saw what happened. Instead of having this guy exist. Then what? Then she figured, f- tries to find the artist, just like she would anyway. This and is the sl- rest of the episode. That's an even slower ten minutes. What? <laughs> you need the protector. No. <laughs> 
I think the protector was added just to pad out this episode. It was too quick, and they're like, we gotta waste some time. Hashtag team protector. All right. Um, well, uh, a cool couple of things I saw here. Uh, the girl's apartment building is the same one we see in the tale of apartment 214. Oh. And uh, Martin Neufeld, who portrayed uh, the protector, or slash Henry, previously appeared in the original series of the show uh he was most memorably one-eyed jack from the tale of prisoners past oh huh good to see him okay in in two of the worst episodes of the series (laughs) um (laughs) this this is gonna be funny okay Uh, okay okay go ahead um uh, speaking of people who were in the series already, did you recognize the grandmother from the Silver Sight? Yeah, she was, um, I did, uh, but now I'm blanking. She was the, uh, like, mother in, um, The Lonely Ghost. That's the help me one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like the sad, yeah, grieving mother. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, this episode has an 8.9 on IMDb. That's the highest oh rated uh, oh so far. So my. far. Uh, and on TV, or IMDb, on TV.com, it has a 7.4. Uh, That's where did, insane. Where did you rank? I ranked this one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it sank like a stone to number 13. Oh, my God. No. Yes. It was just yes. awful. I hated watching this. Sank like a stone, he says. Uh, as soon as I got done with Lunar Locust and put this on, I was just like, like halfway through, I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this season. It was just awful. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was terrible in all regards, pretty much. Oh, boy. Uh, the story was awful. It was executed terribly. Uh, su- really melodramatic. Just nothing good about it. The only good thing about it is, like, the concept is kind of interesting, but that's it. They don't really do much with it. I ranked it number four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was... A, I thought it was... <laughs> I thought the pace was just on point. It was... <laughs> No. You ha- you have these teenagers. They're me. on a double date. They're having fun. They're playing games. There's a falling out. Uh, you know, we see him drink at the fountain. I like that setting in the woods. I like the I like the look of the stone stone maiden. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I like the protector a lot. Henry's really cool. The artist is a fun little character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, the artist was another terrible part. Like. It's one of these things where you don't want the person to be alive still that created the magic object. It just feels like yeah, she's dumb. she is pretty young. Um, it's like I just created this last week, and it's <laughs> it was so good. It's magical. Yeah, it did look ancient, kind of. Um, no, even like his parents being super stern, and uh, they were barely the in the. <laughs> Even that is just unnecessary. Like your parents hate me. That's the, the they classic they uh, Romeo Juliet setup. They, they kind did of. Hate her. Um, yeah, but they were in it for five seconds. They're kind of just throwaway characters. I don't know. There's a feel to this episode. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> 
Boy, this is our gruesome gourmets of season seven, apparently. It's just the worst. It was just did, you, did you only watch it once? Uh, I watched it once at normal speed, and then I flipped through it again just to yeah. refresh my memory on how bad it was. Oh my gosh. Uh, do you remember what happened in the closing Midnight Society segment for this? Um, no. Yeah, I can't remember either, which is a bad sign for this episode. Well, all the Midnight Societies, I don't remember almost any of them besides the fact that I wrote them down. (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. I can't believe it. Everybody said them. It's awful. I'm sure everybody was like, killer story, Megan. (laughs) Maybe the best of the season. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (sighs) Boy. Well, a lot of people, I guess, agree. No, Based on that IMDb The sad score. part is, you know, when we talk about seasons one through five, legitimately we could say, like, oh, yeah, let us know what you think of this. And people might. Yeah. But if we were to say, hey, guys, let us know what you think about Stone Maiden, nobody cares about <laughs> seven. That's true. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's even listening to this. If you like Stone Maiden, for the love let of us God, know. please let us know. I mean, this is Gruesome Gourmet's level. We need to know. By the way, I, I've gotten some love for Gruesome Gourmet's. <laughs> okay. Ju- Justin reached out uh, oh. recently. He said he liked it. Oh, man. <laughs> One person? No, a couple people. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, we we uh, I mentioned last week that someone saying like they really even as a kid liked the fact that Gruesome Gourmets kind of had what would be appear to be a gay couple on the show. Yeah, that meant okay. a lot to them. And I think you're. Uh, I don't think you're. In, I I think you need to go back to Gruesome Gourmets. Um, I might be able to enjoy that more than Stone Maiden. Like, wow. at least it's so horribly So those goofy. were your two worst from six and seven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Easily. It's crazy. I mean, there's one that's close to that. In the season? As bad this season, but... The worst episode of this season is the worst episode of the entire series. Okay. <laughs> it's gotta be. It's not still made. Right, right, I'll tell no, you that. No. Um, all right. What's, uh, what's after Stone uh, Next, we're on Highway 13. Two friends fix up a wrecked V8 from a junkyard and get caught up in a dark deal with a group of ghosts from the 1960s. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if they were from the 1960s. But. Uh, yeah, it was a well, it was a 1969 the car Pontiac GTO. Yeah, yeah. So you, but could, well, I guess it could be 70. <laughs> I don't know if they acted like how I imagine 1960s yeah, a people bit. act. A little bit. Uh, now that is one sweet ride. Have to admit, it's pretty nice. Um, this is Quinn's story, and uh, at the campfire, there's a mouse at the campfire, and Tucker is tired of getting all of Gary's old stuff. That's how yeah. I'd summarize. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to note this, like this moral that he's setting up like makes no sense to me well that's sort of what my story's about see if you're getting something secondhand you're getting something that's already got a history it's used it's worn might even be busted yeah tell me about it it's like getting somebody else's troubles but now they're your troubles in my story a couple of guys take on somebody else's troubles and they've got to deal with them because if they don't they might not live long enough to ever get another hand-me-down again. <laughs> that could ruin your life. 
<laughs> Which has like, probably never uh, really been something ever. No. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess what they're trying to get at is like, be careful buying a crappy car. <laughs> but, you know, um, not for the reasons that play out in this episode. So I wrote this down today as I was kind of refreshing myself because I had watched these, you know, almost a month and a half ago. Yeah. Um, this is easily the episode I've thought about the most after watching them. Um, I'm not saying it's my favorite, but it's a weird... you got to be kidding. Tone, it's tonally, I think, the weirdest Are You Afraid of the Dark ever made. Maybe besides <laughs> another one in the season. <laughs> Very weird tone. Um, uh, it has a feel. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. has a feel <laughs> to it. I, I don't uh, love this episode, but... Um, yeah, it has a feel. Oh, okay. So th- they, they get this car from a junkyard. It's haunted. Uh, <laughs> get right to and it. And they end up in this like circle coming back to this diner over and over again. And they're trying to escape this mad truck when they leave. Um, yeah, it turns out the car belonged to two friends who died yeah. in the car when they challenged a, what we think. They challenged a truck yeah. to a game of chicken. On an abandoned highway. Yeah, yeah. And they're hoping that the, these new kids will solve the... Beat the truck. Yeah, yeah. Beat the truck so they can move on with their... Drive fast. You know, be set free. <laughs> um, so the kids finally are racing the truck. They decide they can beat it. And as they're in the car, we find out that the 1960s kids actually caused the accident. And yes. so at the last moment, the kid in the car... Pulls over to the side of the road. Yeah. Escaping, being just destroyed let, by the truck. Just let the trucker pass. Yes. Yeah. To end the cycle, you just have to let Super, the trucker yes. by. <laughs> I didn't like this. They they really went out of their way to try to make you feel like sentimental for the truck driver. Like, I was just trying to get home to my kid. <laughs> yeah. But it's undeniable that the fact that he was riding them. Yeah. Yeah. He was also an aggressor. Yes. Um... I don't disagree also with the ultimate lesson, I guess, but it's a really that, anticlimactic. Like, that road racing is dumb? Yeah. Is that the but I guess. <laughs> like, be safe when you drive. Yeah. Uh, but them pulling over to the side of the road, I was like, the first time I watched it, I had to rewind. I was like, what happened? How did, <laughs> like, how did they solve the mystery? <laughs> uh, and then the ghosts end up being alive again seemingly they go drive off uh well i think to live their lives no i think they're still ghosts man they really made it seem like well it's a real car we know that so how are they driving this car off (laughs) i never thought about that i don't know um yeah that's a good point it made it almost seem like oh good we got over that so now we can get back to our lives yeah this is another episode uh the kids in this episode look older than we do right now yeah yeah (laughs) especially the uh the greaser kid. Oh yeah. Oh man, he Looks annoys like the 40. hell out of me. <laughs> um, and the yeah. other kid just felt like <laughs> it felt like they forgot to cast somebody for his part, like the greaser kid's uh, friend, and they just like grabbed somebody on set last minute. We're like, just do this, and he's like, just barely tolerating being there. <laughs> it's like, all right, just like giving his lines like deadpan. Yeah. Minimal effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the direction, the cinematography, the music, everything on this episode felt off. 
yeah, just yeah. didn't doesn't fit as an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. I don't know what no. it is, but it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I also thought, has you could tell me better. Has there ever been like a great haunted car thing? Uh, Christine, it's like okay. the one. Stephen King, yeah, yeah. But besides, like I think Twi- I think you know Twilight Zone. Uh, what's it called? Just drive. Oh yeah, uh, just drive. Just drive. It's just one of the worst <laughs> Twilight Zones. And, uh, it is weird. I feel like anytime uh, there's a haunted car, it's just a recipe for. Yeah, it can only. I mean, mediocrity. You've done it once. The best. It's a haunted car. Like, it's a pretty simple premise. Yeah. It's like, unless you're going to blow this one away, just <laughs> stay away from it. Maybe car lovers really love this episode. Maybe. There is a, like, montage of them fixing the car. Yeah. Which is just yeah. nonsense, well, like, the it, way they do it. But... They get it looking good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's a really, uh, also... Um gray episode like the sky's always really gray yeah the diner has like these uh um a gloomy i guess that's the yeah word. it's a gloomy episode yeah um yeah uh pastel that's what pastels yeah. yeah yeah well it has an 8.8 uh on imdb it's really high people rate. love yeah people are loving these um stone main's still the highest uh tv.com gives it a 7.5 out of 13 where did you put highway 13 <laughs> I put Highway 13 at number 11. Okay. Uh, it would have been appropriate to put it at 13, I guess, mm. but it wasn't quite as terrible as Stone Maiden. Um, uh, it definitely was worse. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't... <laughs> I mean, Stone Maiden's at least a little more fun. This, I felt like, was paced better. Like, I felt like at least something was going on this whole episode. Even if it made zero sense <laughs> and didn't make me feel interested, hmm. it was something happening. <laughs> So that <laughs> it gets credit for that. Okay. Um, I really didn't like much about it. Uh, it was a mess, I think. Yeah, it was kind of a mess. I don't know. Even the ghosts like didn't feel like ghosts. No, it just felt annoying. They, they felt too real. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ranked it seven. Wow, pretty high. Pretty high. <laughs> I mean, not that crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it was. Uh, I. It. It's there because. It's bad, but I thought about it so much. That's after weird. The fact. I mean, what is there to think about? It just is different than all <laughs> yeah. the other. Are you afraid of the darks? <laughs> um, it has it has a feel to it. Maybe it's great. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> the more you see when um. I told you when I got here, had I picked the episode for the season, I was there was three episodes I would have picked from. This is wow. the first of the three I would have considered. No way. Um, I don't think we've talked about one. We haven't talked about one that I would consider talking about again. You came down to two? Uh, no, I, I had three in mind, uh, but we haven't talked about one of them yet. Okay. Well, this would have been... we. W- there's a high chance we would have been talking Highway 13 if I picked from the season. Um, it's just a got a weird feel of it. I, I am I am happy with the one we picked though. Are you picked? Um, okay, well let's move past. Uh, yeah, um, episode seven is Reanimator. Julie works at a greenhouse with her boss, a secret scientist trying to bring his wife back from the dead. Um, this is of is co- that true? What? 
Is that what he's really trying to do, bring his wife back? <laughs> um, he considers it for okay. briefly. Okay. Um, so this is, of course, based on the H.P. Lovecraft reanimator, a yeah. kid's version. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's an 80s film, right? Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Um, so she, yeah, this really young girl, like, seems too young to have a job. Definitely. Works at this greenhouse with this weird scientist yeah. who has this reanimator formula to reanimate um, he has plants. A, he has a potion that can yeah. really make them come alive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he thinks about reanimating his wife, mm. and the kids run and... Tri- the girl and her snotty brother and his friend run to try to see, like sneak up on him at night to see if he's going to do it, but he doesn't do it. Yeah. But meanwhile, the snotty brother takes... The potion from the girl, yeah, and reanimates one of the other corpses in the just a random grave. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the one that he he could find like the best worst um, thing on the gravestone, like written on the gravestone. Oh, it was like you know this I'm... guy's uh, pain or something. Oh, gotcha. Um, and this guy comes to life and starts coming after them like a zombie movie kind yeah. of. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! You didn't tell me this stuff actually worked? Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, but yeah, but this is a neighbor fool's joke. You keep telling yourself that. And in the meantime, there's a zombie on the loose. May he be forgiven. And he's a bad zombie, too. Um, and they finally figure out uh, that heat kills them. They think it's water at first. Yeah. Go through a whole thing trying to spray it, and then they figure out it's heat, and it kind of, like, melts when they get him in the greenhouse room yeah immediately he just kind of crumbles yeah. and can't stand the heat um <laughs> can't stand the heat and uh the scientist shows up there at the end and he kind of realizes uh it has an oppenheimer moment of you know what have i created what, yeah what yeah. have i done <laughs> uh foolish and uh i think everybody's learned their lesson yeah uh, there's also a scene in here where the brother and his friend scare the girl by dressing up as giant plants which yeah. I thought was like one of the better um, scenes in yeah, the episode. Yeah, it was actually kind of <laughs> enjoyable. Um, this is a Quinn story, and uh, in the Midnight Society segment, Quinn and Vange are trying to get down a hornet's nest. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's what they do. Yeah. What, <laughs> what? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> There's really very little logic to these. Um, no. The connections are really thin. Quinn, you got a story? Yeah, I got a story. It's about messing with things that shouldn't be messed with. Like a hornet's nest? Worse. Like life and death. Sometimes things are the way they are for a reason. And if you try to change that, you're going to get burned. And just one thing the people in my story learned, it's that if you go looking for trouble, Chances are you're gonna find it. Uh, what did you make of the zombie? This is uh, I liked the zombie. You know, we don't have too many Ari Fred Darks with zombies. Yeah. Uh, is uh, any? Uh, yeah. There's um, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, like the wet ghosts that are kind of like zombies oh, yeah. coming up from yeah. The, yeah. Um, that might be the only. Zo- I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I liked the zombie a lot in this yeah. one. Um. It was one of the most effective uh, bad guys that we've seen so far. Maybe the only one, I guess. Um, yeah, kind of. Except for Silver Sight. Um, 
But, you know, that was good. It was fast-paced, uh, sort of lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I mean, humorous. Uh, I really liked the effects of the zombie melting at the end. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, it was good. Yeah. Um, I liked it. Uh, oh, this has... So, unbelievably, this has a 2.7 on IMDb and a 7.3 on TV.com. Wow. Wait, what was the first one? 2.7. 2.7. <laughs> I mean, after Stone Maiden, this is insane. Maybe people who really liked the Reanimator film, maybe they oh, just came yeah, after that could it or be. something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, where did you place Reanimator? Uh, I put it at number six. Okay. Uh, I thought it was overall a pretty effective episode. Yeah. Uh, we know this story... So that makes it a little stale, but I liked it pretty well. Like, the the kids were not my favorite kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but the effects were really cool. Um, it just kind of flew by compared to some of these other ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i with you. I ranked it five. Yeah. Um, it seemed at least like they were really trying something here. Yeah. Uh, creepy, but silly. Uh, the mad scientist thing is always kind of fun. Um, the zombie zombie chasing the kids is fun. Or you know, we are you afraid of dark hasn't tried that a bunch. Yeah. So I I liked Reanimator. It's um again I think in any other season this would probably have been lower, but for season seven this is a pretty yeah, good episode. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. The next episode is the tale of the time trap. Mm-hmm. Jason buys an ancient Persian victory box from Sardo's magic shop, which houses a genie who grants Jason's every wish with dire consequences. <laughs> uh, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, uh, yeah. Jason is Jay Baruchel. Yeah, yeah. That's an important <laughs> fact. He buys the box. Uh, you can make wishes. There's a genie inside who calls herself Belle, and it's kind of the classic, you make a wish and you don't quite get what you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, would that be a pretty fair summary? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a this is a Tucker tale, and uh, they eat chocolate cookies. Uh, yeah, very weird scene. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I have no idea <laughs> what's happening here. Too much, I guess it's, it's too much of a good thing yeah, is the yeah. moral here. Yeah. Um, should we say that this is, this is the episode that I've picked for our review next week. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just a fun, uh, pretty fast paced episode. Um, Jay Baruchel's great, of course, as always, and Sardo. Like it's, it really makes it tolerable having both of them together. (laughs) They ramp Sardo way up Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I, you know, it's that classic story again, but I thought it was a fun take on it. Why did you pick it for, like, our review? Yeah, I picked it because it was one of, I felt like, one of the better episodes, um, and also it's just the last time we get to see Sardo and Jay, hmm. and it just felt like a, if we're only going to talk about one from this season, it just feels like a good way to go. Okay. 
I don't want to say too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there were a few other options that I had. We haven't talked about any of them yet. Okay. Well, uh, when we get there, let, let yeah. me know. I, this would have been in my three to talk about, but okay. I think for polar opposite reasons is you. Oh, you hate it? Uh, it's one of the worst. Okay. It's right. uh, <laughs> absolutely a monstrosity. <laughs> You've got to be kidding uh, me. No, it's terrible. It's, uh, you know, I, I did write here that the difference, I think, between this and Jake the Snake is that this episode is trying so hard to be funny and that Jake the Snake, uh, its ridiculousness comes in part from the fact that it takes itself so seriously. I think there's an episode that's close to Jake the Snake this season in <laughs> I think we're, yeah. ridiculousness, but uh, just not good. Like, uh, yeah, I think okay. it's probably my 13, what, no. the one you're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's good. I'm kind of happy that we're so far apart on it. Um, that's crazy. It'll make for a it better just, conversation. It just felt like one of the more, like, I enjoyed watching this episode, whereas like three quarters of the episodes this season, I was like, I don't want to be watching this. I guess, <laughs> again, without talking, the way I summarize this is that it felt, it felt like they were trying to make a wacky pilot for the Disney Channel or something. So the Bell Bell the Genie just felt like I felt like I there were dire consequences uh involved. Kind, like potentially. Kind of, but it didn't feel so dire. Oh, it felt pretty dire to me. <laughs> <laughs> um well, where did we'll we'll definitely Pick yeah, this thing yeah. apart next week. Where, where did you rank it? I uh, ranked it number three. Good lord. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just one of the better episodes. Easily. Boy, we're really far apart. Yeah, this season. is weird. Uh, yeah, I ranked it 12. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, just having Sardo in it like gives it a certain amount of clout. I think that's... I think and that's, that's, that's not the out. reason why I voted for it. Uh, I thought that I was really... I thought I remembered seeing this and really disliking uh, one of the Sardo episodes from these seasons, mm-hmm. but I really liked it. Like, it's nothing like... Oblivion's a It's nowhere near Oblivion, <laughs> but it's, like, pretty good compared to a lot of stuff this I, season. I did, without getting too much into it, because, again, we're going to talk about it, but yeah. I liked the ending a lot. Um, the ending is actually what saved it for me a little bit. Um, but I truly disliked our villain here, and... Uh, it's definitely a goofier episode. It's trying so hard to be funny, uh, and it's just kind of a stinker. <laughs> Sardo, I need your help. Well, anything I can do. I need money. Well, almost anything. I distinctly said almost. Is it getting warm in okay. here? <laughs> Give me some humor. This is the only episode that's remotely funny this season. It actually had me thinking, um, what other Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes try to be this outwardly comedic in the run um i mean to me this is almost there's definitely unmatched. some i mean sardo episodes in general yeah tend to be on the wackier side um, um but non-sardo episodes that are funny i can i can imagine like the music of them mm. like the wacky music but i can't like um full moon is oh, yeah. pretty humorous yeah full better moon. yeah of course but uh, that's the closest thing I can think of. But also, um, Nightly Neighbors has that similar kind of uh, lighthearted feel. Just barely. Yeah. It's not sure. too lighthearted. Uh, it's, I would say, mostly lighthearted. Oh, no. I think it's pretty ominous. 
the end is, but... Oh, no. Eh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely be getting into Time Trap more next yeah. week. Uh, that uh, that had a 9.1 uh, on IMDb and nice, a 6. Finally. 6.5 on TV.com. Well... <laughs> <laughs> TV.com are my people, I guess. And you're yeah. an IMDb guy. Uh, um, so the next one is The Tale of the Photo Finish. Say cheese! A boy who wants to join a stuck-up popular club at his school steals a photograph of theirs and uncovers a tragic mystery dating back to the 1940s. Uh, so these two kids are in this, like boarding school or something like this private school and they're trying to join this club but the club doesn't want the one kid so uh meanwhile the kid that they do want pulls a prank to get in by stealing this um picture of one of the heads of the school yeah and they accidentally rip off the front of the painting to reveal a photograph underneath of the old clubhouse and on the porch is a weird kid with with Jasper, a, Jasper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's on the porch. Jasper uh, Davis. This is this is their prank to get in the frat. Yeah. Um Jasper Davis, yeah. <laughs> uh and um you know, the one kid's getting in, the other kid's not. Yeah. And they both know it. Um but uh this picture wreaks havoc. They wake up at night. The kid was like not on the porch, right? Yeah. When they went to we bed, start the... to, we start to get the idea that people are getting sucked away by getting their picture taken from the photograph, from inside the photograph. Yeah, Jasper's on the por- yeah. porch <laughs> with an old stand-up camera, kind of with that grin yeah. on his face. Yeah. And uh, before we know it, uh, which kid's gone, Chandler or Alex? Um, the jerk kid Ch- who Chan- got into the club. I think Chandler. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the so the other friend has to figure out a way to get him out. Uh, finally, he ends up going to the old clubhouse and mm. entering the picture, basically. Yeah, it turns black and white, which yeah. is a interesting choice. Yeah. And he confronts Jasper Davis. Mm. Uh, Welcome to my club. Jasper Davis? But you're dead? Yeah, I know. Ouch. <laughs> and it was all their fault. They rejected me. And then they killed me right outside. Well, you're not so high and mighty now, are you, lions? Where are they? Right there, in the pictures. And that's where they're gonna stay forever. But you fell off the building. It was an accident. Was it? If only they had let me in their stupid club, I never would have fallen. But no, I wasn't good enough. I didn't dress like them, I didn't have lots of money. Well, I got the last laugh, didn't I? Because I took some of them with me. And now it's your turn. <laughs> Finally, um, he tricks Jet. He finds like pictures of all the other other people that have gotten their pictures taken on the walls, and he finally tricks Jasper Davis into taking his own picture. Yeah. Um, this whole segment's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's memorable. Yeah. Uh, also, Jasper Davis is uh, <laughs> his tagline at the end. Say cheese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the kid playing Jasper Davis is very good. Yeah. He's very menacing and yeah. uh, demented. Um, yeah, I really like this sequence. I, even though I'm not sure I followed logistically what was hap- happening all the time, um, 
that like because once you're inside the house it turns black and white and then the outside of the windows are yes that was cool it was like he was looking inside the house from the paint outside the, the house right like it was like a mirror thing like where two mirrors are facing each other and yeah. it's like really endless. strange yeah. yeah um anyway jasper gets trapped inside his own photograph yeah um it's a andy story yeah and uh andy finally he has one that's yeah. not god awful <laughs> and andy gets turned down uh, by a club that's so this is maybe the most directly connected to the story he comes to the campfire kind of like you know eh. I wanted to get into this thing. I didn't get in. Yeah. It's a story about trying to join a club and about the different things you could do if you don't get in. You could let it go and move on. You could get mad. Or you could get even. So it connects a little bit. And it comes back around in the end. Uh, He plays a trick on Tucker. Like... He took Tucker's spot in the club. Yeah. But it turned out he didn't really. But Tucker oh, went that's running right. off to. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And there is something uh, about this story the private school setting. We get a lot of public schools in yeah. Afraid of the Dark. But I thought, like, again, the hatching. Yeah. Anytime where you get kind of a more enclosed society of kids, it adds, I think, a little bit to the uh, otherworldly feel. Yeah, like I think some, it feels something we don't have access to yeah, necessarily. Feels like it could be real yeah. more than some of the others. It's like this could be happening behind the scenes somewhere. Something. Yeah. This episode has a nine point one on IMDb mm. and a seven point eight on TV.com. What did you what did you make of uh, photo finish? Um I put this one at number two. Uh, I thought it was a great episode. Definitely the best standalone by far. Um just like it felt like a complete idea and it was executed pretty well um i think it was just like a more cohesive episode all around than pretty much almost anything else this season yeah i'm, I'm right there with you i i also ranked it number two wow um it's uh <laughs> You're we trying. haven't gotten to your number one yet <laughs> i mean this is insane <laughs> It's not insane because there's a better episode. Still. I mean, I was, I was, I thought I was crazy with Silver Side Part Three, but <laughs> yes, I already were. know yes, you were. <laughs> you were right to feel that way. <laughs> um, this is uh, well, wait. So we do we have your top five? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what are they again? Silver Side Part Three, Photo Finish, Time Trap, Silver Side Part One, Lunar Locusts. That's just totally the, insane. The, <laughs> the only one I would even question after having talk, talked about it at this point is um, switching Reanimator and Lunar Locust, maybe. I would consider Which that. is what, what I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have uh, Reanimator 5, yeah. Lunar Locust. But the Locuses. rest, but overall I feel good about this. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I it's good to feel good. Uh, <laughs> This is, yeah, Photo Finish is a really good episode. I think it would 
it would be snug right in that original run. It, yeah. it feels really complete start to finish. The characters are, you know, not annoying. The setting is, you know, kind of, like I said, this private school is interesting to see. And the photo idea, even though we've played with this kind of idea in Are You Afraid of the Dark before, it's still a little bit different as far as um, the motive. And yeah. Jasper is uh, a little more outwardly villainous yeah. than, I think... <laughs> most of the characters we've gotten this season yeah um also i love the idea of the photograph and the taking the picture from inside the photograph really cool uh, just a weird and him moving around yeah like one, scenes. one of my favorite things about the season is the photo of jasper being there and then yeah. off the porch and then with his camera yeah. uh, smiling <laughs> uh yeah it has a really good feel to it um so photo finish is one of the few i would say if you haven't checked out season seven, it's it's worth a look. Yeah. There's one worth uh, a bit more of a look, but uh, uh, <laughs> it <laughs> just can't be. But okay. Um, well, I have a feeling this next one's your number one. Uh, not actually, but oh. uh, <laughs> the tale of the last dance. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, at least, for that. Um, oh, my God. A physically deformed man living in a community center that's about to be torn down tries to impress a young girl with a talent for playing the violin. It's uh, a take on um, Phantom of the, yep, of the Opera. Yep. Like, completely, it's just Phantom yes. of the Opera. Uh, except the guy in the basement's, like, Quasimodo. That's and he's got, like, weird, um, like, yeah. claw hands. Yeah, I, I guess I have thoughts about that. Uh, yeah. I mean... So yeah, this girl plays violin. Um, her boyfriend's a real dud. That's important to me. I mean, it's what I do. She's gonna be famous one day, and you're gonna be like working out. Famous playing that stuff? Unlikely. I mean, he's just uh, not nice to her. Yeah, I don't know if duds how I would describe him. Like, I'd describe him. Uh, he's a meathead. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he's also not very caring about the things she cares about. No. Yeah, he's very, like, forward about not being caring about Correct. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. He's very honest that he doesn't care. Um, and there's a figure lurking in the vents, watching over her, that nabs her violin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on the big night of her show, uh, she gets, she she encounters him. She, yeah. like, follows him into these, I like, guess tunnels. gets kidnapped. Kind of kidnapped. I mean, the scene is like, okay. she runs into him, and then she's down there. I feel I good just... that you used that word. That's what I thought, <laughs> <Okay>. but... <laughs> yeah, she's definitely kidnapped. Um, this episode definitely has a lot of 15 drama going on yeah. for, like, the first oh, yeah. 15 minutes. Um, it's an Andy story, <laughs> of course. And Andy tries to play the violin at the campfire, but he's not very good at it. But the point is that learning an instrument is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, once we're in the basement, yeah, uh, we meet... Do we ever get his name? I'm not sure. I don't think so. <laughs> Just the lurker. <laughs> the lurker. <laughs> and he's obsessed with uh, the girl in this episode. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, he worships her. Yeah. Um, and he wants her to play for him, and he's made her a crazy meal and rightfully she's kind of not hungry and weirded out (laughs) and he we discover that he's like a normal looking he has a normal looking face that's the thing (laughs) he puts he goes on about how she couldn't bear to look at him and then he's 
a supermodel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's very handsome. He's got weird hands. <laughs> it just felt a little lopsided, um, and a bit creepy. No matter what. Yeah, I think they're trying to make you kind of. I don't. What are they? What are they trying? To I have no idea. <laughs> uh, this guy's living in the basement at yeah. this school or whatever. I guess it's a community room, according to IMDb. But um, he he definitely lives in like the the pipe room. The yeah, pipe, yeah, just the custodial room. Well, finally, um, her boyfriend comes and saves her, kind of. After ten minutes of yeah. crawling through vents, <laughs> every every two minutes it would cut back to him in like a different vent. <laughs> big as this place um and finally she comes back to have one dance with quasimodo uh, yeah um, i mean there's a confrontation oh yeah yeah. when she- the boyfriend gets down there quasimodo locks the girl in the a, a closet yeah and he runs away and the boyfriend gets her out and the boyfriend chases him down there's a bit of a tussle and then he's hanging from um <laughs> A ledge, which I don't know how far down this place goes, but, you know, he's hanging in the abyss. And they pull him up, and he kind of, he runs off. This is just a, this is just a disaster. It's so bad. It really is. Um, Which is how I don't Uh, understand how you ranked, um... What was your thirteenth oh, stone stone How? Because stone is this not... is like, what is happening in this? Like every second, I'm questioning every choice. So it's like entertaining on that level, I guess. Stone Maiden's like not even entertaining oh, in any boy. way. Um, this, I mean, it. This is one of the few Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes. I feel that when they were making it, they must have thought to themselves. This is just the worst thing we've ever done. <laughs> um, this it, has, and this is the last episode they ever filmed. Wow! It didn't air last, but it was yeah. the last one they filmed. Maybe they were all <laughs> maybe, packing maybe, it in. Maybe the Nickelodeon exec showed up and were like, "Nope, we're, we're not renewing this." <laughs> um, there's a line in the episode I really love when she screams at her boyfriend. I hope it's yeah, yeah. I got it too. I can't believe it. I've had it for years, and now I can't even play for the closing dance Saturday night. Oh, come on. They must rent those things, right? Those things are violins, Michael. Not bowling shoes. Violins! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, Yeah, everything felt odd about this episode. This this was one of my picks. Uh, So, Highway 13 would have been one of my... This one, just because, again, it's just so weird. Yeah. Um... Photo finish was my other pick, or oh. one of my other picks. Okay. I forgot to say. I guess if I wanted to talk about a good episode, yes, I would. I would <laughs> yeah, have yeah, talked yeah. about photo yeah. finish. Um, yeah, this thing is uh, something. It's really. Who do you root for here? You're not really rooting for the boyfriend. No, and I'm not rooting for the lurker. No, and she's kind of even annoying. She's kind of annoying. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just no good. Yeah. There really is no lesson. And he I don't becomes think. so possessive so quickly. She plays him one song and then he's screaming at the boyfriend <laughs> that she that he can't have her. <laughs> like you met three minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, boy, it's bad. Yeah. Um I did have that this was uh like I said, the last episode of film also 
uh, Paul Hopkins, who plays the Lurker, previously appeared in the episode The Tale of the Long Ago Locket as one of the lieutenants, Lieutenant William. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, Another dud of an episode. Yeah, that's true. Uh, this has an 8.4 on IMDb, oh <laughs> 8.4 on TV.com, which confirms that people are on drugs uh, when they're <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> um, Well, I put it at number 12. Okay. Just, you know, it's right down there with the worst of the worst. It'd probably be one of the worst of the whole series, let alone the season. Um, just awful. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the worst. There's also it's, a couple moments of like... Things happening from above, like the uh, lurker is in the in the <laughs> like, ceiling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and things are fall like the uh, there's ketchup or something, yeah, running down the ceiling, and then one of the ceiling tiles falls in. It's yeah. just a goofy thing. I don't know. Yeah, it uh, it's the worst episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Period. Um, <laughs> if we if we had been when we did our worst episodes, if we had clu- included. <laughs> This would be number one. Uh, it's a disaster. It's it's not fun. It's no. It's not particularly well made or plotted, and I actually like. I felt uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, there's definitely moments of like weird aggression. Yeah, and almost like weird, like bordering on sexual. Uh, moments where I'm like, this is yeah getting kind of crazy for a kids show, <laughs> and you can't root for this guy. No, it's, yeah, yeah, you're supposed to like, or I don't care I if he like has the, the heart idea, of an angel. Yeah. <laughs> He's kidnapped. Well, if he had the heart of an angel, he wouldn't be Cor- doing this. Correct. Stuff, you know? He wouldn't be hiding in the ceiling, <laughs> spying on girls. He takes her stuff when they're in the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's messed up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Last Dance is my oh, 13. Man. It's, uh, I think maybe merits maybe an episode review at some point because it's so just outrageous that it even exists. Um, but this isn't the only episode this season where they kind of play with the fable. Um, yeah, the other one. Oh, well, Reanimator was also yeah. from something else. Yeah, uh, and Stone Maiden is, uh, you know, they're kind of playing with mythology there with the, like, parted lovers yeah yeah um okay so last dance i oddly enough i would say go watch it if you want your head to blow up um because it's really that strange but it's it's also bad it's yeah very it's bad. terrible yeah. <laughs> um well next up the other episode that I was considering talking about, yeah. uh, the tale of the laser maze. <laughs> um, Ash, <laughs> Ashley and Kara are athletic twin sisters who are always in competition with each other and find the ultimate game to test each other. A unique kind of laser tag in which the winners get cloned and sent to other planets to compete. Ashley and Kara must learn to work together if they stand any chance of escaping from Drake. That actually sounds more interesting than the episode. <laughs> um, Drake. You, yeah. mean, you mean Saul Goodman? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> could not uh, stop thinking about yeah. Odenkirk. Um, the reason I didn't pick this one is just because I didn't want to have to watch it again, honestly. I was like, it's kind of fun. I can't sit through this. 
It's not this good. is what it's I was thinking good. about. It's like almost like Jake the Snake is, it, and it's so insanely bad. Except it's not enjoyable to watch. Yeah, definitely not on that level. No. Um. So I mean, these twin sisters are like are learning kung fu or like uh, taekwondo or you know a type of martial arts, and um, they get recruited by this guy to try out this new laser tag game that he, he apparently created um so they go and get suited up and they soon find out that this guy's actually uh turning real people into robots or like not turning them into robots but he's like taking their essence somehow mm-hmm. and turning it into a robot yeah so they still exist but he's creating robots out of them right um Laser Maze is the most popular game where I'm from. Unfortunately, my people aren't very good at it. Not very agile, you might say. So I provide the players. It's all in good fun, and they pay me a fortune. But you're hurting Ashley. Yes, that is a pity. I can only clone so many Betatrons before the Alpha unit goes, well, wears out. And they finally, like, challenge him to a final game of laser tag. Um why this laser tag system is like the system of turning a person into a robot. I'm not sure. Um, but they finally beat him and like make up with each other because they were so competitive earlier. They karate kick him into oblivion. Pretty much. I mean, it's a weird ending. Um, it's a weird episode. I mean, just that, even that synopsis is just so strange. These girls who do. Yeah. Karate. Yeah. Who are recruited to play laser tag. Who then are, uh, and this guy? How, how would you describe it? One, like, once you do the laser tag and you lose, yeah, what happens? You ter- become a. He's like using your essence to create like a cyborg or like a robot body version of yourself. Yes, yes, but <laughs> also <laughs> like he's from another planet and he's making these things. As, like, weapons for... For his master. Yeah. Yeah. But, at one point in this, the girl comes back through this teleporter, indicating that one of the people from the planet is actually in the robot body, like, you know. In his body? No, in the girl's body. Like, girl robot body. Oh, okay. She's, like, being controlled. They've replicated her, and now she's being controlled by an alien. Yes, yes. Wow. It's just so <laughs> convoluted. It's it insane. is very convoluted. All really just in an effort, in a, all in an attempt to have an episode about laser tag. Yeah. <laughs> this is the only possible way we can work this in. How do we do this? Um, uh, part of what's hilarious about this episode, too, is like the where most of it takes place is in a laser tag. Yeah. What looks like a real life laser tag area. Yeah, definitely. And there's uh <laughs> monsters painted on the wall that they really like uh zoom in on with the camera <laughs> and make all kinds of sound effects happening yeah. as if they're like alive, but they're not really. Yeah. Um it's uh. just very strange. Yeah. This is a Tucker tale. Not, not his best. Uh, and it starts with Quinn and Vange having a 10-minute staring contest. I mean, yeah. they don't see it for 10 minutes, but seemingly that's how yeah. long they've been doing it. Uh, <laughs> you know, about competition, I suppose. These are twin sisters who are very competitive with 
with each other. Uh, this episode did kind of remind me that having a good set on Are, Are You Afraid of the Dark can take you a long way. This yeah. is This is what probably should be close to an atrocious episode that is made a lot better by the fact that it was set in a place that was kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I felt like after one minute of that laser tag <laughs> arena, I was like, okay, I get this I, place. I couldn't get enough. Like, I thought they had <laughs> used up every ounce of it they could manage, and then they kept doing it for like ten more minutes. Yeah. Well, and then but then we go back to that kind of white... Uh, yeah, that weird white back room. Yeah, where they're kind of laying down. It's and... kind of... Okay. Why does... Uh... How do they get the master alien to turn against Bob Odenkirk? <laughs> um, they don't. Yeah, I thought they did something that like made the guy mad, so he had to like kind of bargain. It just tur- I think it just turns out that Bob Odenkirk is a robot himself, mm. and then he- they challenge him to get out. Okay. They end up eating him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, I did have here that, uh, they, the twins in the show are, uh, in real life played by Kim Schrenner, Schrenner and Laura Vandervert, and they're actually eight years in age difference. Wow. Yeah, eight years apart when they filmed this. It's <laughs> <That is> crazy. <laughs> what, do you know what the ages were? No, I, no, I don't. Man. I imagine 20, like mid twenties and. That's insane. Yeah. Um, Wow. um i one thing i noticed about this episode is it would have been ripe for a bad ending or like a downer ending like like the alien horde is still alive and sends out like 10 more drakes or something surrounded enemies yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's true it would have made it substantially better um this also has something in common that i forgot to mention with the lunar locusts very weird campfire intros Lunar Locust is like this weird, um, it's like, did you ever think about when you step on things and what (laughs) happens when you step on them? And then what would happen if something was stepping on you? (laughs) It was saying, she was saying stepped on like eight times. Yeah. It's a a writer tripping. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And similar, this is almost like more hilariously bad, this episode. It's Tucker, um... Going into this speech about, like, winning is losing, but what if losing was really <laughs> winning until you really lose to win? Like, let's, uh, let's hear. Imagine a game you love to play, a game you're so good at that you never lose. But then imagine if winning this game really meant losing. Say what? This is a story about rules turned upside down, where winning means losing. And losing means getting the chance to keep playing until you finally win. Or lose it all. It's really, like, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, there, yeah, the whole the whole uh, winning is losing thing. Um, it's like we're trying to subvert expectations so hard that they're just, like, going in a circle. Yeah. Like, wh- <laughs> like where are it's we It's the trying? same as Highway 13. It's just, like, try not winning. <laughs> Um, I did like the moment where Ashley's head pops off when she's yes, a robot. Very weird. <laughs> that was kind of cool. <laughs> was, they really went for it there. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the whole budget went. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
Um, well, this episode is, uh, it, or it has a 2.5 on IMDb and a 7.2 on TV.com. Again, pretty big difference. Yeah, there. pretty big. Uh, <laughs> where did you place Laser Maze? Uh, for me, it landed at number nine. Um, pretty terrible, but <laughs> like there, there were elements of it that were good. Um, the the laser tag arena was okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, the idea, like the robots and the aliens, were good. They were just used in a very nonsensical way yeah um it felt like it was it had the makings of a decent episode it just never got there uh agreed totally agreed uh i had this number eight Hmm. um just because it was kind of strange and uh it did have kind of an upbeat feel to it uh, upbeat not as in fun but uh, <laughs> that isn't good. But <laughs> nope. you know, definitely not that. Uh, but as in, something's happening, and I'm trying to figure out what that yeah, thing yeah. is. And now we're we're doing karate, and now we're at a laser maze, and now we're in this lab room, <laughs> and I don't know who this guy is. And uh, yeah, you know, I felt kind of like it, some of these episodes were really boring. Yeah, and yeah. this one definitely at least kept me watching. Yeah, yeah. Which it was just, say, just saying yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't mention is the laser. The way they're shooting these lasers is yeah. from these, <laughs> like, g- wrap around sunglasses <laughs> from the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, why? They probably somebody said we can't have guns or like a gun-like thing in this episode. That's a hundred percent got to be it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, a weird and middling episode, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> What about what else we have? Uh, the twelfth episode is the tale of many faces. Mm-hmm. A self-conscious teen model discovers a cult of girls run by an old crone who steals their beauty what? for herself. An old crone? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> like a crusty old lady. <laughs> crusty old lady. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Emma. Yeah. Yeah, Emma. Uh. Yeah, so this girl's, like, feeling like she's not attractive enough because she can't get the attention of this modeling agency that she's trying to work for. And this strange girl finds her and gives her a card to lead her to this... um, Theater? Yeah, she thinks is a theater production. Yeah. Yeah. But she runs into these all these weird weird girls working there who are wearing these strange masks. Yeah, kind of blank face Uh, masks. And finally, she gets caught by the madam of this place who steals her face and puts a mask on her. What are you doing? I was just It's sorry. forbidden to touch the book. I'm sorry. I won't do it again, I promise. Leave Lizzie alone. We don't use names here. I'm taking you to Madame. No, I'll be good, I promise. Back up! 94. I'm not 94. My name is Emma. Yeah, the madam collects young girls' faces yeah. so she can stay young. Yeah. And then those girls' faces, which I love, I think it's um, makeup-wise the best effect of the season, yeah. which is their faces kind of mutate into this just blank like, look. Yeah, like alien almost. Yeah, it, which is why they wear the ma- the masks look almost more human than their real yeah. faces. Uh, and uh, this book is kind of the thing I think that needs to be destroyed, right? Yeah, she keeps to... all the faces in there. Yeah, and she can keep them as a whole. 
we see a moment where she oh, pretty yeah. much destroys That's a whole the, girl. That's uh, the punishment book. Yeah, the punishment book, yeah. And uh, the girl kind of vaporizes and gets sucked in. Um, this is a Van story. And uh, Van shows up wearing a mask and uh, says that masks can change who you are. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, finally, like the girls rebel against her. They they work up their nerve. Yeah. Yeah. They're not supposed to say their names. Yeah. I like that. Um, but they kind of have had enough. Emma's led the way, and uh, they took like twelve of them. But they finally decided they have had enough to overpower her. Yeah. Uh, And they took back their faces, and she became the old woman that she really was and that great are you afraid of the dark effect of turning into as you said a crusty yeah. old woman. <laughs> and then a skeleton right eventually a skeleton yeah. 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 Um, this I thought had a lot in common well thematically had a, a bit in common with um, Mystical Mirror which we talked about mm. uh, when Chris and I did yeah, uh, yeah. what do we do Mystical Mirror versus Dark Dragon. Unfinished Painting. Oh, was it? Yeah. Dark Dragon was uh, Vankula. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I thought, you know, kind of has some things in common. This woman needs the youth to stay young. Yeah. Um, But, uh... I liked it. Uh Um, I didn't love it. I... It was not, like, a fun episode, again, Mm -hmm. to me. Uh, It looked... the, The makeup was definitely the best part about it. Uh... Madame Visage, I didn't love the girl who was playing her for most of it. It was like this like young girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she was kind of young. Seemed too young, I guess. But if she's stealing young yeah. girls, that's how she's going to look. I guess I just didn't love the way it was played okay. then. Okay. Um, I thought the story... I mean, the story was okay. I didn't really like the book. It was... Seemed... Oh, no, I like the book of faces. Yeah. Just seemed kind of dumb. <laughs> like, why is so why? Oh boy, you're gonna rank this too low. Uh, no, I don't think I'm gonna rank it just right. I think uh, this has a 3.1 on IMDb <laughs> wow. and an eight on TV.com. Jeez. <laughs> um, where did you rank many faces? Uh, I put it at number seven. Yeah, uh, it's too low. No, no, that's perfect. <laughs> Had kind of an eerie feel to it, but ultimately. Uh, I just didn't enjoy watching it. Just the fact that it has the most memorable visuals of the season should rank it higher. Uh, it just wasn't enough to overcome the it's kind of boring story to me, I guess. Hmm. I mean, it's right in the middle for me. Is I'm it not ca- putting is it because it... it's all girls. No. <laughs> <laughs> It was just kind of even the girls like talking under the masks though is kind of annoying. Yeah. Um. I just didn't love it. Uh, okay. I didn't hate it. The Tale of Many Faces is my number one episode of the season. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot we hadn't gotten to your number one. Uh, I guess it had to be this over the next one. Um, yeah, it's a. I think it's a very strong episode. I think it's rewatchable. The uh, visuals are strong. Um, I, I rewatched it, uh, and I like the premise of like the faces in the book. Kind of the unspokenness of these girls who are trapped and afraid, and uh, yeah, I mean, I I kind of see what you're saying that the girl who played Madame Visage wasn't the best, 
Um, but I think it's kind of a tight spot since she's stealing from 13, 14, 15 year olds. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, it just feels kind of bland to me thinking about it even. <laughs> um, and this storyline is like just so common, I guess. It's like a common female storyline. They're yeah. trapped in this place with this tyrant leader yeah. who's exploit who's one of them but exploiting them at the same time. It's just I, I don't know, I've seen it before. Yeah. Uh definitely the makeup was the only memorable part to me. The rest I could leave. You know, I think I think you have a point here. And I'm gonna do something. I'm going to switch. <laughs> this is unheard of. Yep, I'm typing it as we speak. <laughs> Many faces is now my number two, and <laughs> photo finish is now my number one. <laughs> okay, I mean that makes sense. I feel better about that. Uh, as we talked about it, I realized I really liked photo finish yeah. as a "Are You Afraid of the Dark" episode, and I like, I do, I. I think it's fair to say that Many Faces feels very much like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode yeah. compared to a lot of this season. Um, but there are some, there are some, you raise some valid points there and I'm going to accept those points and, <laughs> okay. and, and, and slide it down our rank. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so photo finish is now my number one, Many Faces is my number two. Yeah, that feels better to me. <laughs> um, okay, well, we only have one more episode? Yep. The Tale of the Night Nurse. Masterpiece. A mur- <laughs> A murdering nurse's ghost begins terrorizing two teen girls when they spend the week at their grandfather's house. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So these two girls, like, are at their grandpa's house, um, and they start to see ghosts around, or, like, little visions of ghosts. Um, and they eventually discover that this girl had died in the house yeah. some years ago. Um from this nurse that murdered her. Uh, And they find the girl's dress. The youngest girl puts it on, and she gets transported back in time to the time when the girl got murdered. What happened to you? I I I put the dress on, and I went back in time. What? People thought it was Emily, and they were having a birthday party for me. I mean, for her. But I was her. She was me. It was unreal. Get out of here. I'm serious. The dress made me go back in time. Um, And eventually they... Uh, meanwhile, in the real world, the nurse ghost is chasing after um, the other girl. Yeah. And eventually they end up figuring out that the nurse didn't do it on purpose, but she was giving the girl penicillin to cure something, and the girl was allergic to penicillin, so died. Right. The, gr- <clears throat> the girl wasn't wearing um, her bracelet that warned the nurse yeah. that she was not to have it. Um. I mean, the nurse is pretty menacing. Yeah. Uh, carrying around that needle. Yes. She's very it was stern. Driving me insane for some reason. The way that needle was uh, not like, um, like there was air in there, so it was like uh, shaking the liquid constantly. Yeah. That was bothering me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind, you know, I kind of dug this episode. I, I, uh, it reminded me a lot of the original run. Um. Wait, before I even say that, yeah. this is a Vange story. Yeah. Uh, Vange tells the last Midnight story, um, uh, yeah. Midnight Society story of the original run. And that's supposed to make me want to go out and get a flu shot? I don't think so. Achoo! Could you keep those nasty germs to yourself? Uh oh. Oh man. I hope I'm not getting sick. 
This place is like a nest full of... <laughs> Germs. All right. Nobody breathe on anybody. Okay, we'll take different routes home. Later. <laughs> They just got their flu shots. They were... Oh, man! You guys got me sick! Uh, it's cold, and there's a lot of flu shot talk in the Midnight Society. Yeah. And they say, you know, what's worse, getting sick or getting a shot? And uh, what do you think? Uh... Getting sick or getting a shot. I mean, there's a lot that that depends on. No. Depends only... on the level of sickness and the a shot. You know, a intensity shot. of shot. Always get a shot. Uh, <laughs> Why know. wouldn't you get the shot? Uh, it depends. If it's like, you know, I've gotten a shot uh, or like a needle, I guess, before like in my hand. Okay. And that just hurts so bad. I'd rather have a cold for a couple of days than deal with that. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, no shot. Uh, <laughs> what uh, What did you make of a night nurse? I mean, how did you feel about it? Uh, I do think it shares some things with the earlier run, like the, some of the ghost episodes. Uh, it felt creepy in that way. I think it was not quite as successful as some of those. Yeah. Um, it just, I'm not sure what felt off about it. Uh, I mean, it was largely, like, successful, the story, and the way it played out, um, but it felt a little bit clunky to me. I don't know. I can't quite pinpoint why. Yeah. I think there are some, I think there are some problems, even with the basic premise. I was thinking, why would this nurse, so the nurse becomes notorious as kind of this child killer. Yeah. But there's just no way she'd be charged with murder if they realized the girl wasn't there, oh yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, like, yeah, that it, if it was an accident, it would be easy enough to say, like, "I'm sorry, she wasn't wearing yeah, it." Yeah, that's true. So the whole premise feels <laughs> like thin there, um, but yeah. but I still kind of like. And the nurse, the nurse chasing the girl around the house, like, why? What was she doing? She was trying to, trying to give her a shot. Yes, but why? Because she thought she, that was but the like, girl that needed a shot. That's her unfinished business, though. As oh, a that's ghost, true. Wouldn't her unfinished just, business? being clearing her name yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's it's right. like she was mad <laughs> she was terrorizing them yeah yeah right if you watch it knowing what her intention is it probably becomes a little sloppier um it did remind me a little bit of you remember the scene in the sixth sense with the nurse who yeah. poisons the kid yeah remind me a little bit of that. yeah okay i agree with that um, uh yeah i it didn't blow me away uh no. i liked it it was creepy but it just didn't quite ever like go above and beyond one of these ghost stories mm -hmm. yes yeah. well i had a 3.3 .3 on imdb mm. and an 8.6 on tv.com <laughs> uh you know what's really interesting is that tv.com or imdb has really been kind of in line with you and mm. uh tv.com a little bit more with me huh interesting very interesting. <laughs> uh, where did you rank this in the 13 episodes? Uh, it landed at number eight for me. Okay. Um, right around the middle ground. Uh, you know, pretty good, but it just didn't... I, I don't think I'll watch it again, or at least not 
for no reason. Yeah. Um, but it, it was success. But it did its job. I don't know. Yeah. Coherent. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It felt coherent, even if there's uh, some major flaws. Um, this was a episode besides uh, <laughs> Lunar Locust. This was one of the few episodes I remembered watching mm. from when I was younger, and so I think that probably that time had caused me to be a little more kind to it. Mm. Um, so I ranked this three. Man. Um, I thought it was, I thought Pretty it high. was, <laughs> I did think that there was an, there was an intensity to this episode that is missing from a lot of season seven uh, of something kind of on the line. The girl's trying to get away from her. Even if, yeah, even if okay. the motive is kind of flawed and thin, uh, it, it had a, there was like a propulsion to it that, that, you know, you want to figure out what's happening. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about number three territory. But, <laughs> uh, uh, do you, just out of interest, do you know what the last line ever spoken in the original run of the Are You Afraid of Dark was? It's Vange complaint. Like, yep. if those guys had just gotten their uh, flu shots and then she <laughs> sneezes and says something. Yeah. I can't remember. That's that really thing. impressive. Uh, oh, man. You guys got me sick. End of show. <laughs> End of series. I, I felt this whole time in this season like all these episodes were out of order. Yes. Um, it just did not seem right. Uh, especially in... Especially in Lunar Locusts. Like, the very last line of that, when they were, like, they're trying to um, dry their butts on the fire. <laughs> and the very last line is Tucker saying, this is definitely the end. I really hope nobody else can see this. This is definitely the end. And I was uh, like, geez, wow. this should have been it. The yeah. last episode. Silver Silver Sight Part 3, then Lunar Locus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, so why don't you, 13 to 1, what was your ranking? Yeah. Uh, Stone Maiden, terrible. Last Dance, almost <laughs> quite as terrible. <laughs> Highway 13, Silver Sight Part 2, Number 9, Laser Maze, 8, Night Nurse, 7, Many Faces, 6, Reanimator, 5, Lunar Locusts, 4, Silver Sight Part 1, 3, Time Trap, 2, Photo Finish, and 1, Silver Sight Part 3. Boy. <laughs> We've never been farther apart than Time Trap and Silver Sight Part or Three. That that is staggering. Um, my number thirteen is Last Dance, the worst mm. episode in the entire series. Number twelve is Time Trap, a hot mess. Unbelievable. Twelve. <laughs> it's a Jeez. hot mess. We'll talk about it next week. Ugh. Eleven, Silver Sight Part Three, unsatisfying <laughs> waste of time. Number 10, Silver Sight Part 1, which starts the unsatisfying waste of time. Uh, number 9, Silver Sight Part 2. Pretty Unbelievable. Fun. Megan, you give the worst part of it the highest rating. Pretty fun. Megan goes in the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> 8, Laser Maze. Uh, 7, the haunting, uh, memorable Highway 13. <laughs> yeah, <right>. no. <laughs> number 6, 
teen hormones run rampant in Lunar Locust. Number five, the totally fine reanimator. <laughs> Num- number four, the story that has it all, Stone Maiden. <laughs> God. Uh, number three, Night Nurse, also totally fine. <laughs> Number two, many faces with the most memorable visual elements of the season. (laughs) And number one, photo finish, which is just actually a solid Are You For The Dark episode. All right. uh, (laughs) Glad we talked about it. I'm I'm beyond shocked at our difference in uh, ranking. Me too. Um, But it'll be good to get Brett's thoughts. So should we do a call that with Brett? Sure. Hello, Brett. What's up? Hey, guys. Welcome back. Hey. Hey. Uh, How's it going? Oh, we're <laughs> we're uh, exhausted. Yeah. I'm trudging through this seventh What's season. What's up? You okay? <laughs> season seven is, you know, it's it's something else. <laughs> But yeah, but we're I mean, but, but, but we're I don't hope- know how you guys feel compared to um, season six, but there there's a few better episodes in there. Uh, well, we're hoping you can maybe shed some light uh, in the darkness here. Um, <laughs> oh, so <laughs> is it a disaster? Uh, it's just not our favorite season, but you know there there are some episodes here that we certainly kind of tip our cap to. Uh, I'd say sure. uh, Andrew and I are farther apart than ever on episodes. Yeah. So you're oh boy. So, oh boy. <laughs> so I think I think it's gonna I, be like last week. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think this time around we're not gonna tip our hat as much. I just want to get your feel with, uh, and then uh, you know if we disagree we'll just mock you. <laughs> Hey, I'm all for that. I don't have to agree with everyone all the time. I mean, we we both have our separate opinions and perspectives, so it's all good. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're joking. Um, <laughs> I this this week, let's really let's start with the worst. I want you to just dig in here because Andrew and I are really sure. uh, far apart on some of these. Yeah. Um, to you, season season seven, what what stinks? <laughs> Well, I might as well start with the bottom of the list, which yeah. to me is Lunar Locusts, because wow. I really, really did not like the the performances in uh, that episode. Uh-huh. I I felt like it relied too much on Tara Lipinski being a guest star in it. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I mean, it was, oh, geez, that's that, that's that's a big get, Brett. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I like I like her as an ice skater, but. <laughs> Acting, maybe not so much here, especially since uh, it, it seems like the whole episode is just Julie and her character Ellen fighting over, I think his name's Jake. And yeah. fun fact, that's the same actor who played Billy in The Tale of the 13th Floor. <laughs> we, so it seems he hasn't gotten much smarter since he lost that atmosphere stuff <laughs> when he was in the toy factory. Oh yeah, a lot of alien work for yeah. uh, this kid. <laughs> surprisingly yeah yeah um (laughs) yeah i what did you think about that ending uh that left me frustrated like (laughs) 
it, it escalates to this big thing like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see some lunar locusts like just pop out of the football field and wreak havoc like that giant silver mantis on the cover of a Shocker and Shock Street, which is like a response <laughs> yeah. book. I was expecting that. And what I got is like a three second shot of these little slithery tendrils that look like they're from a silverfish. And it was the biggest letdown ever. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we did say that we were kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see, uh, you know, what was happening here. <laughs> Yeah, like it's called the Lunar Locust. We should see Lunar Locust. Where are they? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, yeah. What what else here is near your bottom? Um, I would say Laser Maze is down there for me as well because it seemed to like. I, I know you guys didn't agree with me too much on bigfoot ridge last time i was on but this time i feel like it's too much trying to capitalize on like the extreme sports craze of the late 90s early 2000s (laughs) and i know that laser tag was like becoming a really big thing back then so they're like hey let's make a scary tale about it but (laughs) i don't know the idea of cloning two hyper competitive sisters to shoot lasers with their eyes against each other just just did not fly with me at all (laughs) that old cliche (laughs) yeah gotta Uh, love it when sisters beam lasers at each other (laughs) did you at least think the laser sunglasses were cool uh i mean if i was a little bit older and was like really into 80s culture (laughs) yeah but not so much i think they could have been more stylish yeah, I think we kind of mutually agreed this was a bizarre yeah. attempt. Yeah, absolutely. A mess, kind of. It almost feels like, and this is a little bit stretched, and I'm sorry if I'm going outside 90s Nickelodeon realm, but it almost feels like they took the plot from that Futurama episode where they kept like making copies of Lucy Liu. Mm, yeah, but that was way better. So, yeah, it was. <laughs> I like that one more. <laughs> this is just like, I don't know what, a poor imitation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh all right, what else is down there? Uh I would say also uh Quinn's Tale, the Tale of the Reanimator. Oh. I, I liked I like what they were doing with the, the whole plant theme. It reminded me a lot of Goosebumps' Stay Out of the Basement, which yeah. is fun because I like that tale. Um but I just feel like it didn't really go anywhere like full force with what they're trying to do. Um they used the plant stuff on like revitalizing some plants and we know the scientist one to like revive his old girlfriend or wife um and then the the jerkish brother and his friend took the vial and you know spread it on a zombie and the zombie just kind of shows up so uh, i mean it's not too engaging or strong of a plot for me but i like the clever way that they used to defeat it especially considering how like they put cold water on it first thinking it would kill it but it didn't and we had a fake out so that was nice um but other than that, it just didn't really emotionally grip me, and I didn't like most of the characters except for like Julie. Mm. You mentioned uh, the characters being kind of a yeah down point here. That episode, I felt like everyone was a little off. Um, yeah, especially the brother, I guess. Uh, but... Yeah, he was being like a real big jerk for no reason, and they just kept <laughs> hyping up the April Fool's thing. And I'm like, yeah. okay, let's go. Think about something else here. Oh <laughs> yeah, we didn't talk about that, but they mentioned April Fools a lot in this episode, yeah. and it's clearly winter time. <laughs> yeah, like where are where do you live that it snows in April? I guess I guess Canada. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah. I stand corrected. I mean, it could be up there. <laughs> um. 
Okay, so we're we're heading more towards the middle here. What what are your kind of um yeah. you know, just betweener episodes? Okay. Um so I might as well bring Time Trap up. I think that was a hmm. solid episode. Not my best, but I enjoyed it, especially with the the Sardo appearance. And, you know, this is his seventh appearance in the series by now, so he's just kind of having fun with the world, which I really love. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I'm with you on it being pretty good. Uh, Joe thinks it's <laughs> awful. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. Um, okay. I did, I did uh, enjoy... They really give Sardo a conclusion here. Yeah, yeah. especially with um, Bobo showing up. I really, really enjoyed that moment. <laughs> yeah, Bobo. Yeah. The they, so I think, if anything, I'm going to compliment the episode for is that they round out Sardo's story. Yes. But, but I, I told Andrew that... Um, I just think the attempt at humor in this episode wears on it and it wore yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to be honest, even though, you know, this is like in the middle tier for me, I would put it near the bottom of my middle tier because I just thought bell was grading. Like yes. I, I would just rather like grate my fingers on a cheese grater. <laughs> oh my than Lord. Speak. You're the That's how much I hate her. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I didn't love her. Like, she was I probably the she down was point. Annoying her. Go ahead. Uh, she was just probably the down point of the episode for me, but um, so I agree. I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed to take away from what Jay Baruchel's character and Sardar were doing, which I thought was, you know, pretty decent, pretty standard fare of cursed object. You don't know what it does, and then they find out it has consequences, and then Sardo shows again, up again. <laughs> Yeah. So that that part's nice. Yeah, more Sardo and Jay Baruchel is always good. Agreed. Yeah. I and it's funny you mentioned last time that he was in Undeclared because I I really got into that show around the time even though I wasn't watching mm. Are You Afraid of the Dark religiously back then. And I, I kind of feel like some of his character from that show just kind of peeks in here a few times in his appearances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be funny if it was just a prequel to Undeclared. <laughs> Yeah, right? Like, this is what happened before you went to college. <laughs> um, okay, so, so let's let's keep rocking. What, what else do you have in that middle tier? Sure. Uh, let's, let's go with Stone Maiden next. Um, oh. I like that one a, a decent amount. Um, it's artist-based, so, of course, I'm a little bit biased towards that because there's only two tales in the entire series that kind of deal with artists, the other one mm. being unfinished painting. Yeah. Um, and I thought... I thought the relationship between the two main protagonists was interesting, especially since we see the parents more often than usual, almost kind of dividing them. So I thought that was a good like story dynamic or elements um, to what we were seeing. Uh, other than that, um, I, I enjoyed some of the, the acting from the other supporting characters, like that guy who calls himself the protector. Oh yeah. Um, he's actually, <laughs> Yeah, he he was like a special kind of crazy that I just enjoyed. It was weird, but I it grew on me in a way. <laughs> me too. Me too. I like yeah. I'm outside of outside of the initial v- creepiness of chasing a girl through the woods. <laughs> uh, he was right? he, he was quite zany and, and uh, enjoyable. Yeah, and fun fact, maybe I'm uh, spoiling it for my book, but uh, he's actually also the actor who plays One-Eyed Jack in Prisoner's Past back in season five. We Yeah, we did mention yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, then there's also um, the lady who played 
I think her name was Dottie from Gruesome Gourmets. She showed up too. Oh, so. is she the artist? Yes. Yeah, cool. And I actually prefer her here than in the other one because she's less hammy. But, uh, <laughs> it's the nature of the tale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I like yeah. I like this episode a whole lot. Um, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, yeah. But Andrew hated it. Yep. <laughs> Could not have Didn't disliked like it, it more. Yeah. So uh, that's good. You're kind of in between. You're kind of uh, yeah. you're our middle ground here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, se- it seems that way. With each of us, we have our own, like, unique perspective, and there's, like, one side in the air, and then someone's in the middle. So I think that's good to have. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you have beyond uh, Stone Maiden? Uh, so this was dead middle in my list, and I would say Highway 13. Mm. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, I really liked what they are doing here with, like, the auto car theme here, because... Um, that's not something you see too often in Are You Afraid of the Dark? And now that we're we're like more in like the end of the series, we're getting a few more mature tales and we're seeing more and more kids, you know, in high school and less so in like middle school, elementary school, which yeah. is it's something really interesting to say about the series as a whole is like the stories mature with the show itself. For sure. It's so fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. And we hmm. just talked about kind of how um different this episode felt for an are you afraid of the dark it felt uh tonally yeah. different than what you usually yep, get definitely um mm-hmm. what were our kind of complaints the ghost didn't feel very ghost-like yeah the yeah. ghosts the yeah the kind of more like what was the uh moral moral of this one like don't drive like a jerk pretty much um yeah. you know a little don't weak. cause road rage yeah <laughs> yeah and the climax was a little left a little to be desired like pulling off the side of the road yeah like yeah. we did it <laughs> yeah it, it it made me feel very uncertain about the whole experience like there are some fun elements they play with here i, I liked how they restored the old junk car i liked how you know, the ghost showed up in the diner and told them that they were roped into this trial that they had to complete with the race. Um, I didn't re- really know how to feel about the antagonist who drove like the big junker dump truck thing. Um, yeah, it, 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 it made it hard for me to empathize, but I, I enjoyed seeing the racing. I enjoyed the car. I like the slightly different approach to it. And it was nice to see Jake from Jake and the Leprechaun again after not being around <laughs> since season one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, Brett, I'm getting a little concerned because you've yet to mention <laughs> Last Dance. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> but I might like it for reasons you don't. Oh, uh, okay. 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 I'm, so. Okay. So what? what's next? Yes. <laughs> and... It's funny you mention this because about a year ago when I was working on my book, I had a friend who's in the film industry look at it, and she had a very similar reaction. So <laughs> I'm probably in the minority, but I'll explain why. Okay, okay. So Last Dance is slightly higher in the middle tier for me because I feel a little bit of sympathy for Andy, Tara, and The Lurker. And that's mainly because, you know, being a misunderstood artist by someone who's supposed to care about them kind of hits me in the feels a bit. It's 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 almost like a like they're using elements of Phantom of the Opera, 
um, Hunchback of Notre Dame and might maybe even a little bit of tad of Edward Scissorhands in here where there's like this misunderstood character or characters trying to express themselves. And, you know, these other characters are just brushing them off until they have to like save them from danger. And it's only then when they realize how important they are to them, even though they've been blind to it the entire time. So from that perspective, um, I can sympathize with the characters a little bit more than just seeing it as some ridiculous hokey, like Phantom of the Opera ripoff um, and, you know, the creepy obsessiveness. So <laughs> that's why it's a little bit higher for me. And plus, I really dig that locker hallway scene where, like, everything's all dark and skewed and we just mm-hmm. see a big bucket of red paint dumped on Terrence. <laughs> oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really satisfying for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that felt kind of like a uh, lovely summation of why you like it. And instead of um, bringing you down, I'd like to maybe just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, you're welcome to disagree. That's just how I interpret it. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. I I can appreciate that interpretation. I mean, that was very good. That makes me feel a little better about it yeah 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 okay yeah good okay so now we're getting into the the upper echelon right yes yeah we're we're getting close okay so this this one's a little tough to to order for me because you know there's also a certain three-part episode that we have (laughs) to talk about yeah and that that takes up the chunk of the list and I, I went back and forth a few times figuring out like which parts go where. So mm-hmm. it might change after this recording, but as of now, I'll try and stick to my guns for the reasons I justify. Okay. Um, so next I would put photo finish on the list. Hmm. And I think that is Andy's best tale that he's yeah. told oh. in the two seasons. Bar, bar none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really love the themes that they're going on here with like the, the hazy, the college hazing or whatever the club is exclusive clubs. Um, I really liked how they dealt with, you know, using a prank to kind of get the plot moving and have all the characters revolve around that and the mysterious photo behind the painting. I thought that was very clever. Um, it was it was really interesting to see all the effects like, you know, in season six, we had a few like very let's just say they don't blend in very well effects <laughs> of like CGI and stuff <laughs> like, like but this snakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially hockey sticks. <laughs> um, but this time they did a better job and they learned their lessons and they, they made it more like, I don't want to say practical because that's just using like real props, but they definitely made them blend in better. And I feel like the, the photo effects of like being sucked into the photo and also like the photo world of being in black and white and the weird, like perspective of people looking into the the clubhouse into the photo was really well done. Um, And just to add to that, I really enjoyed like the weaselly character of Jasper Davis. Yes. He He was fun to hate. I don't know why, but he, he's fun to hate. <laughs> yeah, he had kind of the perfect face of someone who would do this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, if there if there's any criticism I have for the episode, it's that I feel like the villain was defeated a little bit too easily. But I liked a lot of the 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 theatrics of what played into it. Like at one point when he's capturing people to store in his uh, photo frames on the wall. He captured the table and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is funny. Um, yeah, we, we were, we were both pretty big fans of this yeah. one. It felt, uh, pretty cohesive compared to a lot of the season. Yeah. 
Yeah. Definitely. It really felt thought out, like, not only with just, you know, the, the writing with the dialogue, but, like, the backstory, too, which makes it feel, like, solid. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Agreed. Definitely. Nice. So we're all on the same page for one of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we all kind of like photo finish. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so next I would put, uh, let's see. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pull one from the tale of the silver site, mm-hmm. uh, particularly part two out of the three. Oh, good. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's the weakest of the three because yeah. it, it's juggling a lot with going back and forth with Quinn and Megan's story. Um, it, it was a little jarring for me, a little bit exhaustive even. And it just, it, it got to the point where some of the stuff was a little bit hard to follow and I wasn't tuning in. But at the same time, there were some little bits that I could connect the pieces that felt right and felt good. Like, um, I, I like the bits about Lang Candle, or at least I think it's hinted at that Lang Candle stole. Um, what's the guy's name in the junkyard? Um, I'm blanking Man. on it. <laughs> yeah, well, he he was a member of the original Midnight Society too, and Lang Candle stole his girlfriend, and you know his stroke of bad luck. It's 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 nice to see how the consequences play out in modern day versus like back then, and I felt his story was more relatable than like the rich people in the sewer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I agree with that. Uh, And I definitely agree with part two being the lowest of the silver sight parts. Um, Yeah. From the reasons you said, really just that jumping back and forth. And that was it. Like that was the bulk of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, like that because there's no like real escalation like you don't feel like there's a climax building just yet like yeah. oh i can't wait for part number three it's just more like oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah uh any other thoughts on that one before I, I move to the next one um and yeah andrew i think ranked that the lowest that was actually ranked yeah. highest mm-hmm. uh for me as far <laughs> in the silver site um trilogy okay. and that's mainly because i um really disliked the silver sight trilogy and for whatever reason the journey into the sewer captured my imagination more than anything else in the episodes so okay uh like you I, I, like you figured out how they they lost their house above and like how they learned to live in the sewer yeah i went back to the eerie indiana thing of like well this mm. is this is just super strange and it has my interest for a moment but sure. it's it, for me, it's just a low bar. Like I don't like Silver Sight. It's it, yeah. I'd be happy without the trilogy, and um, so I latched on to the one part of it I like. I I, I know I'm alone. Andrew's shaking his <laughs> no at me disappro- disapprovingly. <laughs> um, but uh, that's just my feelings on yeah. it. But uh, I I'm that's fine. I might as well not speak on Silver Sight. <laughs> uh, this should this should be an Andrew and yeah. thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean. It's okay if you don't feel the same, but I, I will say this. I've watched it six times now, and it does get a little bit better, at least when you watch it in succession and connect the dots. Because when I first watched this as like a sixth grader back in the year 2000, I'm like, why is this show repeating itself? I hate this. But uh. <laughs> when I revisit it now and, you know, with my filmic knowledge, I'm like, oh, so they're connecting the pieces of the puzzle or the record 
like they're doing with the story. That's really interesting story structure they got going on there. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, this may be a little bit different than the list I uh, I messaged you guys uh, a while back. So I'm going to change things up for the next, I think, four. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put part three of Silver Sight here. Oh. And this was this was a really tough one because I kept going back and forth between which one do I like more, the first part or the third part, because they each have s- strong things, I feel, that really let it stand out. Um, I just felt this one, It was the conclusion was fairly satisfying for me, but it just... It just didn't grip me kind of like the part one. Mm. Um, so that's like one rank above part three. Um, I did like seeing everything come together. I did like that spirit in the well. That was genuinely creepy. That freaked me out the first time I saw it. <laughs> um, and I liked I liked seeing the resolution of all the trapped souls released from the silver site kind of yeah. have some fun on that merry-go-round for a little while. Like It just made me feel warm and fuzzy knowing that they were able to move on. Yeah, nice. Uh, I really liked that yeah. third one the best. I just okay uh, loved. I just thought the resolution was really good, like satisfying to me. Mm, yeah. Um, like by the yeah. end of that three episodes, I felt like okay, I can like I felt good about leaving the Midnight Society. I guess. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, I'm, I might end up changing this at least one more time, flip flopping part one and three, because now that I think of it, when I saw the conclusion and then when I saw the original 1937 Midnight Society have their tale, it, yeah. it made me feel like, yes, all is right in the world. We are done. Yeah. Thank you for sharing this journey with me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I, I guess I might as well mention part one at this point, too. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like I like the opener a real lot and maybe I give it a little bit too much credit, but I just like, I had one of those moments where I was, you know, squealing with delight that Gary comes back in as, as an adult. (laughs) This is the first time it's happened like in the series. So it's, it's a nice little callback to connect things further between the revival seasons and the original five. Um, the, the like Oliver twist kid, he was, he was annoying, (laughs) but I understand why like the purpose he served throughout the the ordeal uh, among the trilogy um i liked lane candle a lot as a i, I want to say like in uh, what's the word anti-hero but not really like he, he's playing both sides but i i like i like the complexity of his character um and i also like that he was played by the guy who did shandu back in the tale of magicians uh, assistant in season two so that's oh, i forgot that. that's a bonus nice, too yeah 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 that's cool um yeah i just liked a lot of the setup here it felt it felt pretty immersive at least to start and then things flatlined by around part two and then part three it came back up (laughs) yeah that's how Um, i described it (laughs) yeah so we'll see i i think i might end up putting part three slightly higher than part one at this point Mm -hmm. just because of the satisfying ending but really it's just between well what feels stronger to me emotionally the the intro of Gary coming back or the conclusion of, you know, yeah. releasing the souls from the silver site. Yeah. And, uh, so that leaves two episodes left, Ooh. which you may or may not agree with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go with many faces next. No. And Number two. Yeah. 
Very nice. Well, yeah. No, no, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I'm going to disappoint both of you in unique ways, but I'm also going to agree you in both ways, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so here's the reason why I like many faces, and it's mainly because it takes elements from Mystical Mirror in the terms of, like, this person who's lived for centuries kind of stealing the youth out of suspecting vulnerable younger women yeah, um, and just giving it a different spin. And I remember specifically with, when I watched this with my brother back in 2000, um, you know, when I think her name is Emma, when Emma got her face like stolen, Oh my goodness. That was horrifying. <laughs> oh, like not only to look at, but to think about like, if your face was stolen, could you actually go outside looking like that? Or how different would your life change because you felt like a, a blank copy of something? And I think for me, with, with those striking visuals uh, and the philosophical questions that it presents about like identity theft and what it means to be a unique person, that really like lasts with me, even after the episode, years beyond. Um, so that's that's really my main take on it. And plus, I think super old wrinkly people are scary, too. So seeing Madame Visage's demise was also a little bit perturbing. <laughs> Always love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was my number two as well. Uh, and I think you put it really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think visually just the most striking episode in the season. Um, yes. It, uh, yeah, it just has a really classic Are You Afraid of the Dark um feel to it definitely uh, although i do want to say for the record <laughs> that that uh photographer guy the fashion photography guy he's a little bit bonkers <laughs> yeah he's uh he's going but i enjoyed it he's going for it <laughs> yeah someone's someone's buddy got yeah, a, a job on the set <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but it's okay all right um, so, so the big so number that... one ah <laughs> <sighs> Drum roll, please. Uh, it, it, there you go. It's the night nurse. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I tell you, it's not necessarily because she, I think the night nurse herself is scary. I just really like the sense of dread that yeah. she leaves with me when I see her. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Sorry, I didn't mean to swear. <laughs> holy crap. Um, this lady is like back from the dead. She wants to leafly inject you thinking that you're some girl from a birthday party in the sixties. Like what? <laughs> There's no place you could hide in this house. From her. <laughs> Dread is definitely a good word to describe the feeling in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like the backstory of how, how like it, it tied into this person, this like villainous character and that one of the characters actually got to go back in time to see kind of the events play out um, for the perspective of the girl who used to wear the dress. And in going through that journey, they they kind of resolved the issue, which was really a misunderstanding. She wasn't intending to hurt the kids. She just thought that, you know, whatever liquid was in her syringe was good for her, not bad, which right. I thought was very different for Are You Afraid of the Dark, that kind of spin. But I... I liked how satisfying it felt that someone who we were really like fearing or not wanting to be there, suddenly we understand where they come from and we can open ourselves up to them a little bit more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Well, those last couple I was way off from you on, but uh, <laughs> your justification for them is making me feel like uh, is making it's me okay. second guess them a, a little bit. It is, it is kind of a beautiful thing that uh, in some cases you're right on with Andrew, you're right on with me, and then we're all kind of like in the middle <laughs> yeah. on a lot of these. Um, yeah, it's like we're one big happy family. <laughs> <laughs> but we can only agree on probably three to watch. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's fine by me. Three is enough. Which, which, which three would we, would we agree on? It sounds oh, like maybe boy. Photo Finish. Photo Finish for sure. That's definitely one. Um, would you agree to Many Faces? Man. Yeah. Andrew? I'll give, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's toward the middle for me, but I'll allow it. Okay. Okay. And what's something in your top five that sounds like maybe you could get us on? Um, man. We're all over the place on these. Uh, I mean, my first instinct would be Time Trap, but I know that's okay. so at the bottom for uh, Joe. Well... I'll watch Time Trap with you guys. Right. For me, yeah, I'll watch it purely for Sardo and Jay Barrelshell. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then and then we can heckle. Uh, what's her name? Bella. Bell. Bell. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! If they just took her out, the rest of it would be fine. They really should have just let Jay and Sardo do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um. Well, thank, thanks again, Brett, for sharing your thoughts, bringing, yeah. uh, honestly, some insightful, uh, you know, opinions to to episodes that are, I think, kind of divisive, yeah. uh, more so than mm-hmm. the original five seasons. It seems like people are kind sure. of all over on which, ones, which one of these they like. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really uh, interesting. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh. Any any closing thoughts on season seven? Anything else you besides the episodes themselves? Anything you wanted to uh, mention? Sure, um, I think their season seven's the better of the two seasons, mm. not by much, but enough to notice. Um, and I'm curious to see like w- how these tales would be different if like original members told them versus like hmm. Tucker's Midnight Society. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. And um, I know DJ's included on um, Silver Sight. But uh, mm-hmm. if DJ had more a hand in season six and seven, uh, as far as writing and directing, yeah, totally, I'd be on board. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the quality would go up considerably because he's really like the glue that holds it together. For sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, people can find you on Instagram, uh, Brett Brett Wilson Art, right, mm-hmm. and uh, Twitter Correct. at uh, Brett Wilson One. Yep, and if any of you go to either my Etsy store or Redbubble page, it's also under Brett Wilson Art. I have some really nice uh, Pete and Pete posters, Are You Afraid of the Dark posters. Going to do some salute you short ones later this year and some oh. other 90s nostalgia. <laughs> so um, if you're if you're jonesing for some 90s merch, you know, just communicate with me. I'll gladly make anything you guys want to buy. Very nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, a lot of your uh, Pete and Pete stuff you've been posting is really cool. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And uh, I think we're going to be talking to you again soonish for a Salute Your Shorts to be mm-hmm. named. Um, so if uh, people are loving our talks with Brett Wilson, uh, look fairly soon for another uh, talk uh, when we do Salute Your Shorts. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, cool. thanks again, Brett, uh, for, for all your insight. We love talking to you. Yeah, thanks, man. Likewise. Love you, too. Okay. Take care, guys. All right. See ya.
Bye. Well, great to get Brett's opinions on those. So um, nice, yeah. I'm glad that he had a lot uh, of different placements than we did. It was a real mix. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Um, man, this episode, I mean, this season is really all over the place, I think, yes. kind of. Yes, and that might be my feeling towards why I, you know, it's clear that uh, he likes it a bit more but than season six, but... I think it's the messiness for me that keeps it from being yeah. great. It just, there's not even like a stretch of episodes where I feel they hit it. Yeah, and agreed. So that's kind of what agreed. keeps it off for me. Um, did you have a favorite uh, Midnight Society storyteller since these are new kids in season six and seven? Is there one person you kind of pinpoint as like, boy, they could roll with Betty Ann if they... Uh... <laughs> um, I think that if I were to rank them based on what my rankings were, mm-hmm. uh, Tucker would win out. Okay. I think he had like three uh, out of four in my top fives. He ranked four out of five for me. Uh, four <laughs> out of five? <laughs> well, actually, he tied for third. He tied for third. That's... Okay, okay. <laughs> Who's your number one? Uh, Quinn. Uh, his stories averaged a 3.1 for me. Oh, boy. Um... <laughs> I think his stories last season were a little bit better, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I had Quinn, Vange with a 2.6, Megan and Tucker with both a 2.3, and Andy with (laughs) (laughs) 1.3. Andy would definitely be my lowest as well. Uh, Photo finish being like quite a highlight, though, of of either season. It's like someone accidentally (laughs) slipped it in the Andy pile. Uh, he found like Betty Ann's story under a rock or something and <laughs> scribbled his name on it. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of that, we did get a letter about Jake the Snake. Which, oh, nice. <laughs> would you like to hear? Yeah. This is from our buddy Vince. Oh, sweet. And he says, hello, big orange squad. I haven't written in a while. And as an Are You Afraid of the Dark addict, I cannot resist talking about Jake the Snake. (laughs) Season six of Are You Afraid of the Dark, also known as Tucker's Puberty, is a mixed bag for myself. Some tales I enjoy like oblivion and some I want to burn in a trash bin never to be viewed again. I'm looking at you, virtual pets. (laughs) Jake the Snake is one of the few season six episodes I actually remember, remember premiering back in the day on Snick and it's one of my favorite episodes of the season it's a guilty pleasure and compared to some of the other season six tales it's top five for me here are some of the talking points about jake the snake i thought i would share with you guys one hockey that's all i got to say i'm a hockey addict and i played as a kid you also don't get more canadian than that two i love how schools in are you for the dark universe have creepy basements with creepy things going on i mean you mean to tell me nobody in the school saw a wannabe slytherin addict slithering around the grounds Three, the skin rashes. Seeing him rip the skin off his body makes me cringe. With every scratch, I can feel it. Never underestimate the power of lotion. (laughs) Four, the appearance of Jake the Snake. I always liked the look of this character. The bright eyes, the teeth under a dark cloak, the voice is great, and in a season with lackluster villains, Jake is one of my favorites. Him and Forever Games' Bird and Beast are probably my favorite season six creatures. Five, the special effects have not aged well, but for... But for the time, maybe it was okay. The hockey stick turned turned snake is just horrible. <laughs> Six. Wily snaps a puck into Jake's face and knocks him into the pit. He could have just destroyed the stick sooner, but whatever works. <laughs> Seven. Zach exclaiming hat trick after Jake is defeated. Eye roll moment. We get it. You guys play hockey. 
<laughs> we have to hear some hockey lingo to make sure we don't forget. Jake the Snake is not a fantastic episode, especially when compared to the original series, but in my opinion, it's fun. It's a fun 20-something minutes. It's not too serious, has a few creepy moments, and even the Midnight Society is watchable in this episode. Now, if Jake the Snake was an original series episode, who would have been the storyteller? I'm leaning towards Frank or Gary. We know it's not Sam or Kristen. There's no love triangles here, thankfully. See you guys later. Vince. Nice. <laughs> um, I think it's a Frank story. Yeah, that's what feels it sounds like very to much me. like a Frank story. Um, wow, that's great though. Yeah, uh, love that somebody's loving Jake the Snake. Makes me so happy. Yeah, <laughs> if Melissa can't buy it, I'm happy Vince does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a delight though to take yeah. a look, and we're not quite done taking a look at uh, this later run yeah. because what are we doing next? Uh, we're gonna take a little bit of a closer look at Time Trap. Uh, for a review next week, mm-hmm. um, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm I'm actually very much looking forward to it because um, we're usually not this far apart on yeah. the dark. So uh, yeah, um, I guess the people know. To <laughs> I think you're coming with a positive spin, and I'm I, I look forward to a rewatch okay. to see yeah. maybe if maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> Uh, if you have any thoughts on um, on uh, season seven, I guess season seven, or I was trying to think time oh. trap. Oh, oh uh, yeah, get, for sure. Get to trap. us before we talk to it. Uh, talk about it. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on time trapped. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter at boc podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us like Vince did at Orange Couch Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Podbean and iTunes. Um, leave us a review. That's the most helpful way for people to find us. Um, and uh, boy, that wraps up season seven. It would be maybe fun to rank the seasons, even if like mini episodes. Oh, sure. Yeah. It'll probably turn into like three hours. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess we could take a look. Um, yeah, that's all. That's, <laughs> that's all I have to say. Well, join us next time for Time Trap. Freaking Stone Maiden in the top five. <laughs> right where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what it was about that episode. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs>